The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am not just back again. With another amazing episode from the Vegas Bar Crawl, we have our final guest of the trip. That's right. We're bringing it on home. We have an unbelievable uh, cocktail to profile on this particular episode, but I just got to say it out loud. We've done six shows in 48 hours. Okay, that's a death wish I right don't, there. I don't think I got too drunk on any of them. Uh, I don't know. Javier's was getting a little freaky deaky there, and I think Cats toward the end, you were just ready to be on Freeman Street. So I, uh, I can't blame you too much, but no, you have been unbelievable, Mike. Your resolve for me this morning when I said I want to pit- quit the podcast, this hangover is too bad, can we just cancel all of our shows for today, and you wouldn't let me do it. You made me dig deep, and I'm glad you did, um, because holy fucking shit, the pod that we did with Alex literally burned all of the rest of the hair that I have, which is not a lot, off my body. It was insane. Absolutely insane. Great time at uh, Lost Spirits Distillery. And we have one more outstanding guest for you. Uh, before I introduce him, let's see how my feather-haired friend is doing. How are you, Michael? I'm good, buddy. I'm sorry that you're going to be going here soon, but it's been a good ride so far. It's going to bum me out. I'm going to be, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, leaving this big, stinky Airbnb full of guys mm. uh, and that free pool table. Yeah, he was very excited about the pool table. I love me some pool. I'll shoot billiards until I literally drop down and pass out. But, um, Mike, uh, I would say what's new, but I already know what you want to talk about. Why don't you tell him about the great noodle debacle that happened? No, we already time. talked about it a little bit on Alex's. Yeah. Steve got kicked out of a noodle place I got on kicked Halloween. Out of a noodle bar. Yeah, I look, just want noodles. I just, I just want some noodles. But look, you know, there comes a time in every man's <laughs> life where uh, he's hit his. Uh, his point of no return. He's drunk, he's tired, and he's hungry. And there's only one thing that will satisfy him, and that's Asian noodles. And I just wanted to be alone with my thoughts and my noodles. And for some reason, um, this hostess would not allow that to happen. Thank God. Big shout out to Chris, the chef over there at Shoku. Um, you know, out smoking a dart on the corner, and we were able to kind of sweet talk him into that, some noodles to go. He was a nice guy. Very nice guy. And thank you, sir. Uh, that brought me back from the dead last night. Um, and today's episode reinvigorated me. So I am excited to do our final show of this trip um, and then start planning out our next bar crawl. Please, if you guys got any ideas of where it needs to be next or what bars might want to support us in promoting you and your bartenders, let's do the damn thing because Alex inspired me. When uh, Drink Masters comes out, we need to map out those 12 bartenders and, and start hunting them down city to city, coast to coast. All right, as always, guys, we love you. We thank you for supporting the show. We do this for you. Um, We have such great passion for the industry, but the thing that keeps us inspired and motivated to do this is the fact that you listen and you enjoy it. We want to keep bringing you great content. Please listen to the end of the episode. Um, There's info on how you can follow us on social media, how you can support the show, um, get involved as a producer, um, or or in some design capacity with a Herbert Card game. You can grab some sweet show merch and... You know, as always, just help us grow this community. So make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing whatever platform you're on. Just give, a, give us five stars. Give us a quick review and let us bring this amazing show to more bartenders and more people that are fascinated with the service industry. 
Um, as we do always say on the show, look, the restaurant business and hospitality is a grind. Um, this week has taught us a lot. I mean, Michael and I had no idea about the refusal system, uh, the influence of unions on this town, uh, the fact that people are grinding on call 80, 90 hours a week for years just to get a spot behind a bar to make a living. And so, you know, this uh, industry weighs on your mental health. If you are struggling with mental health or substance abuse, do not hesitate to shoot Michael and I an email or a DM. Um, We're happy to talk. We deal with these things and know that mental health is in every single day practice that we need to attack. And so um, don't do it alone. Uh, we would always be here to help and listen to you. If you need professional services, we are not medical professionals, but we do want to offer you some resources. At the end of the show, we have uh, uh, you know always list out some resources you can seek out if you're dealing with substance abuse. So please, please call that number. We want you to be happy and healthy and coming back to help us grow this community. So, Michael, anything you want to say before we jump right on in? Let's rock and roll. Let's rock fucking roll okay we have an amazing amazing show for you tonight we have adam rains and he has brought with him the count pataya cocktail really interested to unpack this we've had a lot of rum on the show this one is unique though it's definitely got a southwestern flair um to this rum cocktail and when i dug into the history which we're gonna unpack here in a second you'll see what i mean so here is adam with the count pataya adam how you doing brother Wonderful. How's it rolling? Fantastic. I, I, I got to tell you, when you stepped out of the car and I saw the frames on those glasses, I was like, this is a psychedelic guy right here. I dig. I mean, that is a, a bold choice with the, with the uh, what would you call it? It's almost like a licorice uh, pattern or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know where I got it. It was like a late night uh, Instagram pop up. And I'm like, you know, normally you get scared of like buying glasses something that's going to be on your face for sure and that there's medical prescriptions involved but mm-hmm. it just worked out i think i think they stand out and i i like uh i like people taking uh taking a chance when it comes to fashion choice it's good it's a good look my friend sets the tone for this episode thank you man you gotta and, have fun with your face is what I'm <laughs> saying, you, know? you know that's a good point and and who doesn't love a good poop purchase right you're on the shitter you're scrolling through instagram you're on a hole and then there you know next thing you know you spend 150 on glasses Oh my God. Um, I might have just bought some sock and boppers, but I'm not going to. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, my friend, so happy to have you. Can you tell us what really motivated you to join the show? You know, I love what you guys do because you guys are uh, showcasing our, our industry because our industry is so rich. There's so much happening on, like, depending on if you work in a dive bar or you work fine dining or a cocktail bar. Like you guys kind of, you guys have had a good, you know, vast array of guests too. So I like that you're showing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the shithole to the Michelin stars, we uh, we profile them all on here, and and we love them all. And you know, just different occasions, different moments, and. Uh, in your hot, in your uh, food and beverage experience for everybody out there. Yeah, no, like especially with Vegas, this is a lot of this is like the people that we've interviewed are like higher end the craft the co- crop, right? cocktail, high volume kind of stuff, which has been so cool to hear some of the stories in the background and you know what it's like doing that. But like you said, I, I want to go down to some fucking shit kicking bar in Alabama, you know, and talk to somebody who's done nothing but pour beer and you know shots for the last 30 years and here's some of the crazy shit that they've seen too so we we once interviewed uh the uh the boys who play the music for our show our band called trauma parlor and we Mm -hmm. once interviewed them kind of a special celebrity guest episode and they told us a story about being up in uh, north dakota in the black hills in a bar (laughs) that literally still had dirt floors and the girl behind the counter must have been the owner's daughter because she sure as hell wasn't a day over 15 
and was just, I mean, it, that's the kind of seedy establishment I want to uh, really profile at some point. They had, a, they had numbers on the bottles, so you could look at a cheat sheet and see what drinks had which numbers in them. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> the prices on the bottles, too, is always <laughs> exactly. a sign of quality. Absolutely. Well, I think that's great that you share that passion uh, that we have as well. And I'm excited to hear some of your stories and your experience with Vegas. That has been, for me, the coolest part of this trip mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, while Michael just said Vegas has a really high bar, every single one of our guests has been completely different mm-hmm. and offered a really cool behind-the-scenes look at what this town has to offer. And I think it's cool, too, because even if you don't bartend in Vegas, sometimes you'll resonate with a bartender, uh, you know, who's in a different line of work mm-hmm. than you. Like, you were just happened to be listening to Trey Fincher's episode where you came up. This guy awesome. shows up with tiki drinks and an SSBD, and I was like, have you listened to Trey's episode? He was like, oh, I'm halfway through right now. <laughs> you do, honestly, you guys could pass as brothers. The beard, <laughs> the, 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 the short sleeve button-up, you know. Yep. I'm telling you, you guys absolutely could pass as brothers. And the fact that that Trey is such a crazy tiki tiki fan, yeah, um, and wants to bring tiki to Arkansas of all yeah. places. Yeah. I it's yeah. it's very fitting. So, um, but we're gonna make this your own episode. So let's start with talking about this drink, Count Pattaya. Tell us why you picked this for the show. Kind of where you came up with the name. What was the what was the inspiration behind it? So this is uh, was part of our October October uh, Halloween menu, and um, also part of uh, our charity cocktail program so we do like a charity mug and a cocktail each month we uh, give proceeds to charity cool different one each time so uh i I knew diplomatico essentially they're the ones that bought these charity mugs for us cool um and then uh, so i knew i had to have diplomatico in it um my my friend of mine michael shout out to michael the puree guy he makes amazing purees um he lives here in california kind of goes back and forth but he had uh some dragon fruit puree or pitaya puree yeah and uh, it, it looked beautiful. So what a unique puree, too. I mean, you don't, you're not coming across that. I mean, you think of it like a Bellini, right? That's the most common puree probably in bartending is that peach. But, uh, man, dragon fruit? Yeah. And it's so beautiful. It's just like that beautiful fuchsia color. And, mm. and so, like, no matter if they get the mug or they get the drink, like, the drink's going to be beautiful. The mug's going to be cool as well. So, yeah, I got that. And then Diplomatico's always fun to work with. Um, you know, I love, I love their rums. I love what they do. Um, but we did, so we did Diplomatico Planas and a little Montuano as well. And then we threw in some Camazotes, which is a, a Oaxacan rum. Have you guys had Oaxacan rums? Before? I don't Actually, believe I have. We were just talking about, uh, Oaxaca, Oaxacan rum. We had uh, Dr. Bird, um, that was yeah. on, uh, and it was cultivated in the Oaxacan region or maybe that, oh, no, no, it's you know Jamaican. What? I thought, <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm mistaken. Thank you, Michael. The Oaxacan region was down near Pueblo, Mexico. That was where the uh, De Magai Vida from Cat's episode the, the is mezcal. from. Mezcal, Some of the yeah. small village uh, farmer families that, mm-hmm. that produced that. I'm sorry, I knew I, knew I remembered Oaxaca from one of these mm-hmm. last couple episodes. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, of course, make agave spirits, but like sugarcane's been grown in Mexico for 200, 300 years. So they they do have a rum tradition as well. In each region, they call it something different. Like in Oaxaca, they call it uh, aguardiente, which in other countries means other things. But uh, in like in Michoacan, they have one called charanda, which is another sugarcane one. But anyway, Oaxacan one is like open air fermentation, super funky. So like in that cocktail, we use like a eighth of an ounce, and that's like all you need. To, it's kind of like adding bitters or cocktail okay. seasoning, you know. So. That with the pitaya and a little citrus, a little lime, a little uh, pineapple and some tiki bitters. 
and it was good to go. Awesome. And I do want to say thank you. Adam brought all the ingredients, which basically all of our bartenders have done. Cat Cat was bringing them too, but Steve was able to get them first. But every single bartender we've had on this week you guys have been has offered and brought ingredients. So thank you so much. It saves us a ton of time. And We're on the road, and so we, we are definitely running with a skeleton rig right now, um, uh, no doubt. So we appreciate that. Um, where did the inspiration for the name come from? Because this is your cocktail, right? Right, right. My cocktail, so I knew it had Pattaya in it, and it was kind of like, I had to send uh, the, the menus out to print, and I was like, it needs to be a spooky name. Count Pattaya sounds like it could have been like Dracula's cousin or something. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Maybe, it. you know? Maybe Plus, as you're drinking them, if you're, if you're really trying to get loaded, you, you can count like the oh, count from God. Sesame Street. How many did you have? I had one Count Pattaya. Oh, bad. Two, Two. Count Pattaya's. Three count potatoes. We just got this new audio rig and it's got a rim shot button on it, and I'm trying my best not to hit don't that. Be fucking <laughs> Please don't do it. I'm begging you. We are not turning into morning drive. Hello, it's Moose in the morning. I'm here with my fart box and my my, my drumish. Don't do it, Michael. There yes. it is. Motherfucker. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Please, this is not the right, start of something, it. people. All right, I won't, this is I won't not keep doing it. And they, uh, by the way, Moose in the Morning is an homage to one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Middle of Somewhere. Thank you, Cy, and thank you uh, to Chad. Those two guys are some of the funniest motherfuckers in the business, and they, they give us gold every Monday morning, so shout out. Um, all right, so let's, let's work through this drink. Let's teach uh, some of the people out there listening how to make it, because we always put out our ingredients list. We encourage people to stock up so they can uh, drink along with us. So tell people exactly how you part... Um, this cocktail and then let's mix up a few beautiful so since we served it in a charity mug i brought a couple mugs with us with me um so first thing we would do is we'll chill those mugs up make sure they're nice and cold okay get that pebble ice in there um then i'm going to build the cocktail so i have a little bit of lime juice i do i do half of an ounce um then we're going to do half an ounce of pineapple and then we have our this jag dragon fate can I talk? Do I know to speak? Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Unique New York. Okay. Dragon fruit puree. We have the dragon fruit puree. Sorry, you guys are going to hate me in editing. The dragon no, I'm fruit. Not edit, I'm not editing this feet. out. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm cutting this up? No way, man. No, this is the best. This is actually, see, we, um, he and I both have severe mush mouth syndrome. Are you familiar with this disease? And so we just lean into it on the show, man. We, we don't need to be too polished. I, I think that's kind of the fun of it is that people know uh, we're just two idiots sitting around having drinks, talking about something we love. That's, it, that's what it really is, you know? Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you can put it to a beat later. Who knows? <laughs> um, then, so yeah, we'll put in the puree. And then uh, we have one ounce of the Diplomatico Planas. And then I'm going to go... 0.75 ounces, three-fourths of an ounce of the Montuano. And then uh, we have the Camazotes, like I was saying, that adds a lot of funk, a lot of punch in just a little, little amount. So I'm going to do an eighth of an ounce in that. Very, very small amount. Yes, because that, okay. that thing can beat up a, um, a lot it ta- of It'll take over. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. And then we have uh, some Tiki Bitters. All right, now, we don't all have a puree guy mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> hanging out with us. Um so, guys, if you are pureeing your own uh, dragon fruit, pitaya, look, dragon fruit, you can get it at any grocery store, pretty much, you know? Um, it's the one that looks like a little, uh, like, pink and white ball of cactus fire, and then you cut it open, it's got the white speckled inside. Um, just get your food processor. Uh, are you adding a little bit of water, trying to dilute that down a little bit, or how, how are we... 
kind of building that puree. Yeah, I think, and then I you would add a little bit of water depending on the season, the consistency. You could even touch it up with a little sugar. Okay. If I mean, most people don't have like citric acid in their in their home kitchen, but you could touch up with a little citric acid as well. Um, but it's better to have a puree guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can buy like at restaurant stores. I've seen like I think uh, Monet me- makes. Uh, or Monin. Monin makes a dragon fruit. Do so they really? I believe they do, yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, how about this world we live in, huh? What a time to be alive. <laughs> dragon fruit. <laughs> Incredible. All right, so mix, this, uh, mix these up for us, because I'm eager okay. to get into this drink. Big fan of dragon fruit. Beautiful. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do the whip shake. So I'm just putting a few kernels of ice, of ice in there. And it's not even really that much about dilution. It's more about aeration and incorporation of the flavors. So I'm going to get that nice and frothy. Get the air in there. that going you know you got to shake that drink awake not rock it to sleep <laughs> i'm going to uh divide this up in these three mugs and that is a hell of a tiki mug in the middle there it's beauty this is tiki lee i brought these you guys can keep this this is my buddy gave it to me tiki lee may he designs mugs and oh cool so i can't give that away good cool well thank you well try we we've, very we've got a few gifts actually uh just funny funnily enough uh Trey Fincher was the first one, I think, to give us a gift, and he brought us a bottle of his banana washed. That's bourbon. right, and I haven't got to try that yet. Well, I have not opened it. I'm just <laughs> saying, thank you very much for the gift. We will keep that with uh, all the stuff, and one day in our studio, we'll have all that one stuff. One day. You know, I've noticed, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed that you made a specific point to shout out Pebble Ice. And, yes. And, you know, I know that that is kind of a... It's a staple of tiki drinks, for sure. So I just wanted wanted your thoughts on Pebble Ice and why it has to be Pebble Ice and why you chose that for this drink. So, um, you know, con- you know, in all cocktails, we want to control dilution. You know, we, we essentially, we cook with ice. You know, that's like our reverse heat source, essentially. Um, so with that, with, we want to control the dilution. So you get a good amount of dilution right away. But if you get enough Pebble Ice, you can kind of create that that layer on top, it insulates the cocktail and has better stain. Oh, really? It does. Almost like creating your own cooler within the drink. That's kind of cool. Exactly. So we do it all the time. And, you know, we we do get pushback from guests because they're like, oh, why is there so much ice in my drink? It's strategic. It means there's less alcohol, right? (laughs) You know? So... But it, yeah, it's, it's definitely strategic. And then you can tell the difference. You can go side by side. If you just shake it with cube ice or you put it on, on, on this ice, it's something about this and uh, what it does to the pH balance as well. It's, it, it, it makes, it just makes it nice. Fascinating. All right. So we're going to garnish these. We have a couple pineapple fronds and then we're going to do, oh, and I forgot to mention I just poured it in. I didn't even say we have it's velvet flarinum in there as well. Okay. Yeah. And we have we've had uh, we've featured that on the show a couple of times. Love working with that as well. And uh, my friend, such friends, a unique flavor. And locally, it's a we use a non-alcoholic one because Taylor's has been you know supply chains are crazy. So. Yeah. So I with my friends address a drink. They make some cool garnishes like these little Asian cages. They call yeah. them. Um, they make cool garnishes and they do syrups now. So we worked on a like a pretty good. Velvet flarin syrup. Really? And obviously it's rum-based liqueur, Barbados rum-based at its base, at it, at its heart. So making a non-alcoholic, we still wanted the rum element in there. So we we soaked all the lime zest in in the Barbadian rum, 
and then we burned it off. So it still has that mm. like essence. It's been tested though, no alcohol. So awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> Gives it that almost caramelized alcohol experience. And, That's great. And Steve and I are so bad about getting pictures, but we are definitely gonna These take are, a couple shots. Can, how could we not? He's brought some beautiful garnishes to go along with this. Yeah, how could we not? Lovely. And I'm, Full health code compliance. I have my tongs. Yes, he's got Everything his tongs out, people. If you don't have your tongs out there, okay, stop what you're doing. All right? Go break into your grill set in the backyard and grab, grab your big boy tongs. That'll at least uh, do for now. Um, well, you're passing these out. Mike's getting some pictures. I do want to share a little bit of our cocktail history. Um, Diplomatico is a really, really interesting distillery. get the special mug. Really interesting distillery, and I learned a lot um, kind of diving into them. You know, a lot of the stories of the distilleries um, that we profile on this show are smaller craft brands that, if they've become successful, have grown to a point um, where they uh, they maybe are bought by a larger group. They go into commercial production at a national or international scale. They, they get to a point of distribution I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't mean to stop you. I'm gonna hop over here really quick and let's take a quick picture, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and uh, my apologies, I only brought one straw for three drinks. We'll be so fine. I guess we'll, be we'll fine. cut them up. Or wait, you don't do that. It is Vegas cutting up straws. No, no drug <laughs> references here, guys. Grab a drink. I'm gonna hop over there so we can get a quick picture. Sorry, I can cut this part out. Fantastic. And my apologies. that was so smooth. That was my favorite part about it. Is how how, how smooth and and just just you know. Uh, normal it was we never get pictures <laughs> and it's meant to be drank through a straw my apologies um you do, I, the, do the cocktail history okay. let me go see if i can grab some okay. straws really yeah, quick yeah. i'm gonna be for fine. sure man. Be fine. Fine. But, all right so let's back it up here for a second obviously anytime we profile a drink on the show i'd love to talk a little bit about the history i found uh diplomatico's distillery story very very fascinating um you know, they started actually originally as this large commercial production. Um, they were actually uh, owned by a group called LUSA, which was La Carreras Unidas. Uh, as you can tell, my Spanish and my pronunciation is shit. Um, but they were a main shareholder in Seagram's International. And I can certainly pronounce that name. I know that that is very familiar to a lot of our um, industry people. You've heard of Seagram's. It's a staple in so many bars. And they have so many... Um, eclectic brands that have been nationally and internationally distributed, uh, not just in the Americas, but all throughout Europe. And so um, I, th I thought it was interesting. You know, this was not necessarily a distillery that had a thousand years of distillation experience and one family controlling it all. And, you know, a tiny little farm where they still do it the, the original ancient way that they would harvest the sugar cane. So uh, that does kind of lend itself to what you were saying. When we think of Mexico, South America, Venezuela, which is actually where Diplomatico uh, is, is, um, originates from, we don't think of rum. We think of tequila. We think of agave. But I think it's kind of cool that um, as farming uh, has changed and, and what they're cultivating and sugar cane has become uh, more prevalent throughout South America um, and in this case Venezuela, um, there were opportunities for other um, brands outside of tequila, other alcohols to start to get a foothold. And that's exactly what Diplomatico was. They had big money behind them in Seagram's and they said, wow, let's start making a rum from Venezuela. Um, just, uh, I, I think two main reasons. One, 
And the way that they cook it and actually distill is a little bit different as well. I don't know all the science specifically behind the differences in these rums, but they did make a mention when I was reading the history about um, uh, Seagram's actually putting money into this group. They chose this area in Venezuela because of the purity level of the water. The water was kind of the critical deciding factor. So I thought that was really interesting. Now, the reason I say that this is a different story than so many other cocktails is because we've heard these We've heard about these other brands go from uh, go from a very small family-owned operation to becoming a big corporate uh, powerhouse. This went the opposite way. In 2002, Lusa Group and Seagram's actually sold 100% of the operations to two local uh, Venezuelan families that had put together an LLC uh, strictly looking to get into the rum game. This is the Destellarius Group. Um, it's a family-owned, independent, uh, uh, small-batch rum distillery now. So it's kind of cool that they went the other way, and they now have really been starting to grow a passion for making rum out of South America. Um, and I just thought that was really, really cool when we started to dig into the background uh, of that. And and they are great. I mean, and you, you hit it on you know you hit it on the knob when you said water, because that's that's one thing that the Caribbean, like if you think if you're on an island in the Caribbean, you have you don't have as much land. You don't have as much well water. You have to be like, you know, really cognizant of how much you use and sugar production mm. takes a lot of water. So that's like Venezuela and Guyana, like South America has that water. And that's like one of the things that, that makes the huge difference. And then you said, yeah, different sugar cane varieties makes a big, uh, makes a big difference. And then also I think that, so you think of all over the Spanish empire, do you think of like Spanish style rums? Yeah. Mainly think column steel, Column still molasses is like mainly what you think of, you know? So you think of, you know, Puerto Rico and Bacardi and, and you think of Cuban style and like, those are all kind of lighter styles. Um, and then when they do and they distill them at a higher proof. So when they're in wood, they take a lot, like a lot more of that, the influence from the wood. So like, I really dig that Diplomatico, they kind of take a English, a little bit more of an English influence cause they blend pot still and column still really which is cool so it gives it gives it a little bit more a little more richness you know like pot stills generally have more flavor column you know a little bit less strips it out so so yeah it's what they're doing is really cool um and uh, one one story about them that i dig is that they uh started this prison program like rehabilitating people from from prison but how it started was kind of by accident was at their peril some some people broke in and tried to rob the distillery and instead of and they got caught and everything but instead of like pressing charges they said hey why don't you come work here and so since then now they've had a whole prison rehab program awesome. i think it's kind of incredible it's kind of cool because you know if you get around like my car someone stole a battery out of my car from my driveway like last week and 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 as mad as I was about that, I would definitely press charges, but you know, I, I wouldn't put them to work. Maybe I would. I don't know. But. You should make them bar back, like yeah. really bar back for you. Um, so I'm sorry, I was uh, about having to run out there, but uh, did you guys cheers? We have not cheers yet, so let's raise a glass. Yes. And that was some really cool cocktail yeah, history. Cool. As we always say, don't just listen along. Drink along. Nice. Goddamn dragon fruit. Oh my dragon god, fruit. that is delicious. That is incredible. Awesome. It's a happy fruit. It just bursts in onto your tongue, uh, ready to party. 
Dragon Fruit is the guy that kicks down the door and immediately starts dancing before the DJ even fired up with a spin record. I love well, Dragon It's Fruit. like Adam said, you got to have fun with your face. So, <laughs> what, uh, right. what, what kind of garnish is this? So, that is vermicelli noodle. Oh. That's dyed red. My friends at Dress to Drink make it. And there's a little bit of passion fruit flavor in there. I mean, you can, you can eat it and it tastes okay, but it's kind of like flowers. Mm-hmm. Flower garnishes, you can eat them, but I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, <laughs> probably not highly recommended. Yeah, and uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a few of these, maybe just one flower garnish. Keep it to one or two. Um, one of the things I did notice, right, is, uh, when Mike shared the cocktail you were gonna make, is I think, it, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you made some really deliberate choices to weave some of the story of a Venezuelan rum in with uh, you know other um, other flavors. Uh, that are appropriate for a Southwest, you know, the, the Southwest region. Here's what I mean by that. I think of the Southwest, I think of tequila. I think of South America, I think of tequila. And obviously agave is the the base uh, foundation for all your tequilas. Guess what? Pattaya is a damn cactus. The dragon fruit literally is a cactus. We are drinking the cousin of the agave in this drink. So even though it is odd that we have a Venezuelan rum, we have kind of brought it all back full circle um, with this uh, particular type of fruit that um, you know shares uh, some of the same um, you know homogenous delineations as agave, which I thought was really neat. Um, and I don't know if that was a deliberate choice, but it certainly um, kind of weaves this all together. Yeah, because you, you think you know I know it grows in Mexico, Pattaya, like dragon fruit grows there, it grows in Indonesia, it grows in the Caribbean, and I think it grows in northern South South America too. So yeah, yeah, you know what grows what grows together goes together. I like that old saying. So yeah, to, oh. I think they could party well together. <laughs> yes, I dig it. <laughs> A good rule of thumb. Okay, well let's jump right into it. We always start with what we call our drinking. It's like our service industry LinkedIn. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the service business. Give me your first job, first experience in this in this crazy profession. The first job was at a Baskin Robbins. It was, yeah. in, uh, it was the busiest one in San Diego. And how many flavors again? 31. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. No, um, yeah, Baskin Robbins. That was kind of like the first bar I ever worked at because you, you had to make Sundays, but you're making drinks and frapp- you know, like their version of the frappuccino, and you're making things, and it's a good flow. You have a, you have a fun interaction with guests too, and people are always going there. They get happy, freaking ice cream. It's yeah. great, and I knew I loved it, but I was going to college, so I knew I'm not going to make ice cream my career at yeah. that point. <laughs> and a, a guy when I was 20, I was like gonna turn 21. He was like at Pacers. The manager came in. He saw I was working fast and and doing well. He's like, gave me his card. He's like, I'll come work for me when you turn 21. But it's probably fortuitous that I didn't go to work at a strip club at 21. <laughs> it's probably better. maybe yeah. been a good life yeah. decision. That's great though that your ice cream and drink slinging skills of Baskin Robbins impressed uh, <laughs> a, a strip club bar owner. He's like, you need to come work for me. That's Man, awesome. I love it. I've hired many a bartender over the years, and I can't tell you how many times uh, I look at a resume and I see no bartending experience, but I see that they were a barista at a local coffee yeah. joint that I know gets crushed every morning, and I'm like come in for this interview. Mm-hmm. I know that you can put it together. You can work fast. Um, you're probably somewhat uh, skilled with your hands with liquid and drinks and pouring that stuff together. And so, um, 
Yeah, you can teach just about anybody to do this, but the hustle has to be there. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Exactly. Um, so what other positions have you held? If you want, just rat a tat them off. You know, uh, Baskin Robbins, uh, ice cream uh, artisan. I don't know exactly what the <laughs> official turn is. Um, but what other positions have you held in this business? So after Baskin Robbins, there was a bar called Croce's, Jim Croce's. Widow had that bar in downtown San Diego. Started sure. at the dorm, moved to Busboy. Bar back, then bartender, then at a blues bar in San Diego. Then after I graduated college, I actually got insurance, claims adjuster. Don't hate me. I know everybody hates me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. A tiki drinking claims adjuster. <laughs> this I like you are for you are a riddle, my friend. Because because you have to have a quote unquote real job, right? After yeah, you graduate. Yeah. You what else to. do you do? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then oh, and then when I, I was claims adjuster, then I moved to be the um, supervisor in the word processing department. And as if you can't tell from the gray stripes in the beard, I'm old AF. I try not to curse as much. I know you you guys don't fucking care. I'm you know, my mom is our number one listener, and I'm not even kidding about that. And she, she goes to bed every night praying that maybe we would all curse. I'm trying, I'm trying to tone it back. You know why? I don't mind cursing, but when you do it too much, it takes the punch out She's of She's our you inspiration. Know what I mean? Shout out Lisa. She's our inspiration to clean it up. So I, I appreciate the discretion, but... Lisa, also, look, we love you. You got to let it rip every now and then, you know? Exactly. It's how we talk behind the pipes. But. Exactly. So yeah, I was I was the supervisor in the word processing department. So it was me, 25-year-old surfer, partier, guitarist, and all ladies over 40. And I was like their boss. And it was... <laughs> I, I, I'm... We, we could do a whole show on Are you just sure? those hijinks. Are you sure the strip there. club wouldn't have been safer? Like that sounds <laughs> fucking dangerous, brother. It was, it was. But then, uh, then I decided to move to Vegas. You know, right? I got a little bit tired of the the glamour of the word processing department yeah. so, and the cubicles. So, so yeah. Then Vegas. Then server in several places. Bartender, bartender. I was the bathroom guy in a strip club in Vegas for a little while. Then. Server, bartender, bartender, cocktail bar, various cocktail bars, and cock- and um, fine dining places. And then now I am at the world-famous Golden Tiki. Well, that brings us to uh, one of our, uh, you know, the main question of, of the drinking category. Tell us about Golden Tiki, because yeah. this place sounds eclectic. We've had multiple of our guests this week recommend it. Right, some that I think know you, some that just really admire the yeah, establishment. Yeah, a few of them recommended you to be on the show. We're like, oh, yeah, he's coming on. We're like, he's coming on. He's shutting it down on, on <laughs> Tuesday night. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, tell us about Golden Tiki, what you do there, a little bit about the concept, and absolutely, I'm the. Uh, so it's a nebulous uh, title. It's lead mixologist, uh, beverage director, bartender, janitor, whatever. Um, strip club bathroom attendant. Yeah, yeah. Strip <laughs> up. And uh, I got to tell you guys about a story that happened there. One, we'll get to it. But, um, but yeah. Um, and it's a 24-hour tiki bar. Um, it's a place of you know, they'll say magic and mystery because there's uh, <laughs> being like just just having tiki drinks available 24 hours is an interesting concept, and trying to run that um, is a beast. But it's a freaking fun beast because yeah. you'll have you know you'll have your late night gaming crowd you have your like industry crowd then you'll have a happy hour crowd a whatever band that plays we have live music so you have whatever band that plays brings a different demographic during the day is a different demographic we have food 24 hours as well so it's like a million different bars all at once wow like, you oh, you, you're 24 7 24 7 yeah how big is this place and so i think uh 
capacity. I don't remember the square feet of uh, square footage, but it's uh, I think we have 150 capacity. Okay, that's a, that's yeah. a good space. That's you can still keep it intimate, especially with the music. You probably see a rip roaring show where you're right up pressed against the the guitar player. Yeah, how you know? how diverse of uh, types of music uh, do you have coming through there? Like, what kind of bands typically will, will play that? So we have, um, you know, a lot of like exotica bands, surf rock bands will play. Yeah. Um, we'll have some kind of soul blues once in a while. It's the aesthetic for yeah. sure. And then, but then we'll have punk rock, like you know, really? Orange County, old school greats. Agent Orange played like last last New Year's Eve. Nice. And then they let my band play at 2 a.m. What's uh, what's your band? What's your band's name? We're called the Rum Bones. The Rum Bones. That's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. man. True to form. Yeah. True to form, man li- lives and dies by the rum. <laughs> um, that's that's killer, man. We'd have to we got to make sure we plug uh, rum bones some more because if, mm-hmm. if we can help you get the word out, that's our passion with this show. We'd love to help, and we're both. Um, you know, Mike is really an audiophile, and I've been playing music my entol- my whole life. So uh, we love love supporting local music any way we can. Um, that's awesome, man. Thank you for giving us a little bit more color behind uh, your industry experience and where you're at now, um, guys. Please go support the Golden Tiki. Okay. And, it, and it's fun. It's haunted too. Ooh. So it's definitely like for real, real deal haunted. Have you so, seen anything? Yes. So um, I, I've heard things like a lot of people hear voices. Like there's a female voice that people will hear, um, but they think there's like four or five different entities that are kind of there always or pass through. There's like the old man. There's another one that they call the trickster. There's a girl. And then there's one that we don't know what it is or whatever. But generally they're, they're kind of they're mischievous but not really mean um like i've seen books come off the shelf like not just fall like you're kidding you know like that like and then you'll hear like you know one one table actually like spontaneously shattered like the glass top and uh Yeah, because we have a lot of artifacts, too. We have a lot of, like, weird artifacts. Yeah, like, the name is kind of giving me the Indiana Jones Temple of Secrets, you know, where he's, like, he puts down the bag of sand and he steals the golden tiki, right? Yeah. The little the little <laughs> idol. Like yeah, the little <laughs> idol and takes off. It kind of looks a lot like the glass that you're letting Mike drink out of right now. Oh, um, no. But, yeah. It's, it's so a magic monkey paw. So, so you have these artifacts that are, I guess, tiki-themed in some way. Yeah, they're tiki stuff. And then, you know, because tiki is so eclectic, it's... Uh, you know, it's a world thing. It's like, it's a place that doesn't really exist. Tiki actually is, you know, it's definitely leans Polynesian for sure, but it is, um, it is an imagination. It's an imaginary thing. What is Tiki is, but the original Tiki bars had things from all over down the beachcomber went. he had the choice to go to college and it was like in the 1920s, he had the choice to go to college, um, or travel the world. And he went and traveled the world with his dad's money and in the 1920s when like you can't just hop on planes everywhere and like it's not like there's a gift shop he's popping into it to get a keychain i mean these are fucking <laughs> these are uh relics that he is bringing back with him exactly and so he went all over he went all over south pacific caribbean even made it to africa and then he had a little bit of money left and he started don the beachcomber with and just decorated with all of his flotsam and jets and the awesome. that he got so. that's so cool so, yeah that's so. I, I love that in this because it's you know halloween's over now but it's halloween you know week weekend you know so i love the spooky kind of stuff too and we don't have any categories for like haunting or anything like that so i, I love that we, we we had our first haunting thing told by yeah. alex uh, on oh, the yeah. last episode 
And this is the second one. So he, I just he was apparently doing flare, uh, or what he says is his attempted flare, and uh, was doing a fire trick. And he's convinced that there may have been some type of uh, paranormal uh, spirit there because they were videotaping. And when they went back, there was like VIP the, the rope, ropes or like the velvet ropes toward him, like or swinging sweet, in that swinging direction. Back and forth, yeah. They love the fire. Like we do a lot of fire drinks, and they yeah. they they love it. There Seriously. might be something to do with the fire because he tried to blow a fireball that apparently had done hundreds of times. The second he goes to breathe out, it shot all back in his face and enveloped his entire head in fire. Wild. Wow. So it's it's still yeah. a little freaky story. Yeah. But yeah. I love this on a Halloween weekend to get a little spooky. Yeah, I, I, I want to go to the Golden Tiki. Where, whereabouts is it exactly? It's in Chinatown. So oh, we see. We want to go to Chinatown. Dude, I didn't we, know there was a Chinatown come to in Vegas. Vegas. We got to come. I'm gotta still go. going to be here. I'm going. Fuck so <laughs> the Arts District sounds cool. I mean, obviously, love Fremont, but it just the Arts District and Chinatown, which are kind of over that yonder, right toward Old Vegas. Um, we uh, the majority of our recommendations have have been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one that uh, like four people have told us about the Brian Howard Restaurant is it. Um, Sparrow and Wolf. Wolf. I mean, it just sounds. Yeah, they do. They have a really good bar program, and yeah, and and Shep is like like aggressively seasonal. Like he he takes it to the next next level, and like all his dishes are beautifully plated and just wonderful flavors, and like he he rocks it. Also, EDO. If you have a chance to go there, we haven't been. They don't really have a bar, but if you just want to go over a dining experience, Mm -hmm. because it's um. The chef was from Bizarre Meats, and so was the GM, um, Roberto, and they both studied under like Jose Andres, you know, and the chef is from Barcelona, so it's like real deal mm. Spanish cuisine with like executed at a high level, but then they're in Chinatown, so they, they use little bits of uh, Asian influence, like a little bit, not just to be annoying or... Or, I mean, I say it's annoying for me. Like, if they're just trying to throw it in just well, to just be, be endearing fusion. to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, but they they do it in the right way, in a tasteful way, and they're they're amazing. And that was called EDO? EDO, yeah. Okay, cool. EDO's great. Wait, we have a list, man. We need yeah. to carve out a month, and you and I just take Vegas. Dude, I could not. I would not survive a month in Vegas. Neither There's absolutely ba- no way. Neither would my bank account. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm sure people told you about the sand dollar as well. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'm very familiar with the sand dollar oh, myself. Oh, nice. I uh, I've been thrown out of there before, but let's. Uh, that's a story for <laughs> I another time. Uh, <laughs> I just want some noodles. I just want some noodles. I see this, a pattern here, sir. This is the sand dollar. Uh, <laughs> we don't have noodles here. Uh, okay, fantastic. Let's get right into it. The main part of the show, the reason we fucking do this, is the gauntlet. Okay, I know you've only just been recently introduced to us. You've listened to at least one episode. The question is, my friend, are you ready? Yes. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes no yes of course right. of course let's you do are. there's only one way to go and that's forward so yeah. <laughs> let's get into it the gauntlet okay adam question number one pet peeves and misconceptions now these can be pet peeves that you have about customers co-workers service business in general or they can be misconceptions that people maybe don't understand about this crazy, crazy industry. So I would say the ice thing as well. Like the misconception is that, oh, if there's more ice in the drink, or if you ask for less ice, you're going to get a double, or we're automatically going to fill up the drink with with whatever. You get three drinks instead of one. Um, that's one we deal with a lot, especially since because we use crushed ice, and that's like an ingredient for us that 
that is specific to what we do and mm. what we're trying to do. You're making a calculated choice to Ap- you to do it that way, and that's not a, that does just doesn't come across to people. They don't understand that. Right. Exactly. That's a good misconception right there. Exactly. Um, I mean, other ones. Uh, I would say you know if you're given if you're giving uh, given a complex equation from a guest that maybe is contradictory, like they want something. I think one of your other guests said this too. Like they want something sweet, but not too sweet. Oh, I like it tart, but not sour. Oh, and I like, I I like a lot of booze in it, but I can't taste it. Please <laughs> like that. Or cause if they, if they do that, then you're just like, what do I do? Especially if it's three deep, you're like, here's a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I want to press you on one part of this question. So you strike me as a really fun loving person, right? You seem like a really easy going guy, big smile on your face. I'm you know, claims adjuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, I'm back in the cubicle. Hey right man, I, am I the only one who's best friends with my insurance agent? Shout out Monica, mutabomb.com girl, travelers insurance should turn up. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, you just seem like just a really friendly guy. And, uh, one of the things I would like to know is something that gets under your skin. There's gotta be a pet peeve that you have with, other bartenders maybe that's that's one i gotta press on <sighs> come on let it out this is one let it um, out um you know i because this is one i definitely have to be measured because now i'm in a position of leadership and uh i have to think about what i haven't talked about in the last two weeks it's <laughs> <laughs> all right it's gonna it's gonna take a few weeks for the, this episode to come out so you'll be fine okay okay we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll give you some uh, runway don't worry about uh, that <laughs> yeah i just think um the the biggest pet peeve is if you don't care if, if you don't put everything out on the field like if you if you don't give your all it, it's for me it's morally uh it's, it's just morally wrong. Like, because these people are coming, coming to your place for an experience They're mm-hmm. coming to either make their good times better or make their, you know, make their bad times like, you know, at a place that they can deal with. So people it's, and they're paying good money too. Like every guest comes in and like mm-hmm. cocktails at our place are, you know, range from like 12 to $15. Like, and that's, that's expensive. So if you don't put your all and you don't like, you don't put your everything into that cocktail, into their service, into their experience. And then maybe if you don't follow the recipe and just think like, oh, whatever, they won't know. Like, that's fucking bullshit. You're really. stealing from their experience. You literally are. Yeah, and they're in their lives. Because I think what we all do is fucking vital. I mean, we're not curing cancer, but who knows? Maybe we are. We fucking give them endorphins, you know? Like, it's it it's it's something that every fucking bartender, if they're taking tips from these people, like they should fucking take that serious and take that to heart. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking, it's important thing. What we do. I don't Absolutely. care if you mess up a million times. If you try, if you care, if you bring it every time you come in, that's all I care about. I always ask people when I interview them and they're like, look, I'm, I'm a really nice guy. I'm super intense, but I'm never going to yell at you. I'm never going to curse at you. I'm never going to disrespect you, but I expect a lot of you. Right. If you don't bring it, I'm going to have a problem because there's no job below me. I'm going to scrub toilets and I'm going to hustle for every customer. And I don't care if it's slow or busy. 
And if you, that's not you, I don't think you can work for me because I'm going to bring that. And I, I, I can't abide it. I can't yeah. abide the lack of it. <clears throat> and I love it too because, you know, it's, we get a lot of bartenders on here. We'll bitch and complain about customers and talk shit. Um, but honestly, I, I respect the, the idea of, of really what the social contract is between a bartender or a service, any, anyone in hospitality and that customer. And, and really, you, you kind of are indebted to them. And that's why you're there, to serve them and make their time good. That doesn't mean you have to take any abuse, but you do owe, like you said, you're all to them when they're there and you're taking care of them and serving them. So I like that. Makes me want to come to the Golden Tiki even more. So. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, damn right. That's what, we, that's what I tried to work on the most when I got there. Because it was like when I first got there, it was sort of in that dive bar kind of vibe, which I love fucking dive bars. Mm -hmm. But like where it's endearing to be a dick. Take it or leave it. Some places yeah. it's cool to do that. Like if you go to a certain place, but like it shouldn't be there if you're paying that much for a cocktail. Yeah. You or, know, or like, unless you're a regular and I know Vegas regulars, it's a little bit of a different thing. Cause it's such a, you know, it's a revolving door here most of the time with the guests that you have, but uh, knowing the people that it's okay to joke around with like that, but that's not your first, you know, go to uh, reaction. But know? here's the thing, even getting up to do that, right? Like there are people that come in and they see a regular and they don't even put forth the effort to fuck with them that day because they're like, they're just like, I'm preoccupied with my other shit and I didn't check it at the door. And so, you know, even just that banter, that kind of ribbing that you do with with, uh, with a regular, even if it feels cliche, can be a special part of their week yeah. or their day or something that they need um, to refuel themselves. And that's why they come to this water mm -hmm. So that's an unbelievable uh, answer for this category. Uh, let's move on to number two, best and worst tips. Now, these can be monetary, obviously, you know, good cash, bad cash, but... It doesn't always have to be just money. Explain how this category is expanded. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything else that I guess is maybe, uh, you know, left with you, whether it's something physical or not, maybe. Sentimental. Sentimental. Otherwise. STDs? <laughs> I don't sure. Know I, that's, <laughs> a, that's a bad tip right no, there. No, I'm, I'm married. Yeah, yeah. That's, a that's bad, what she bad said. Tip. Oh. Um, uh, okay, best tip, I'd say, I'll just go monetary. It was when I was, I was uh, actually waiting tables. It was like the first good job I got in Vegas after... After being in the bathroom, after serving, I bartended at the state line, like driving like 50 minutes just to. to Were you on job. call during this period of time in your life? I never did that. Oh, I never bless did your that. heart, yeah. man. I don't know how. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to do I didn't want to go in the casino life because, uh, I mean, I'm super pro union in a lot of ways. Like that's my insurance. My wife's in the union, but I didn't want to be, cause I'd already been bartending before the insurance thing in San Diego for a while. And I saw the way a lot of like the old school union bartenders operated. And I just knew I didn't want to be in that environment cause it would make me hate the thing I love, yeah. you know? So, sure. so I never yeah. did that, but, um, I was serving at a Mario Batali restaurant. I don't know if I could say his name and he got Absolutely, canceled. Yeah. He got canceled. It was a B and B restaurante, fucking amazing, amazing Italian restaurant. But, uh, yeah, I I was it was like my second week there. It was a we all had it was a pool pooled house, so we all shared tips. But I, I rolled in, I had a table. It was like the last table of the night. They came like ten minutes before we closed, and of course you're like, you know, rolling your eyes. But you have to like do your best. Mm -hmm. Style them out. They ordered big wine, Barolos, and Almeronis, and and all these things. Big nice tab, and then they tipped like three G's on top of it. Oh, nice. And I was like. Yes, yes, I made it. And even and I, you know, being in a pooled house, I still was like happy. Oh, that. of course. Yeah. And I was the new guy, so I was like, 
look what I brought. Everybody. You know, <laughs> you were a hero. You you got the big kill. You went out in the wilderness and shot the buck and brought back and fed the whole fucking village, man. Well, and I love it too because, of course, like you said, you have a uh, just a duty to the guests to always treat them with respect and try and you know give them a good a good time. But even in a situation like that where they come and you're like, hey, you just a little bitch, ten minutes ago, you know, and then but then they take such good care of you and you don't feel bad for giving them any bad service. You know what I mean? And you know, you it, it you're you're uh, vindicated in the end of that. So yeah, you you've got to make it feel a little bit better. You so. can be forever surprised, but yeah. you have to allow yourself to be. Right? You <laughs> Shut up. Exactly. I'm not kidding. I know, right? I know. I'm just he has to make the conscious choice to go all in, whether they're 10 minutes before the restaurant closes or not. And look what happens. But you, have to allow now, yourself you said to be vindication. Surprised. I'm going to use a different V word. Validation. Validation. You said this was your first legit gig here in Vegas. And I think that is so like reassuring. I'm, I'm fucking doing it right. Like, I get this. I'm good at it. I'm making it. There, there's some uh, really, really ensuring uh, uh, feeling about that when you get a tip. And you know, man, I have executed every part of this meal. I played all the right notes with this customer, which is really, really exciting. So that's an awesome example. Did you have any worse tips before we move on? You know, I uh, my memory's horrible. I drink too much, but uh, I definitely don't focus on bad tips. And I sound like a fucking cheese ball. No, like, no, no. seriously. No. Like, so many people say that it's it's a better mindset for them as a as a whole uh, if they don't even track that. Because I mean, I've had where people write something rude or whatever, and it's not your fault that things went awry or whatever. Like, so, but yeah, I just think it's better because you know if you focus on each tip of the night on that roller coaster oh, yeah it can really fuck with your night you yeah know, so and i think that's a great sentiment too especially for people who listen who are like uh new bartenders and starting out to just let you know just let that stuff go and just you know do your job and it'll all come back to you in the end uh, i do love this category too though just because some of the crazy stuff like have you ever seen the uh like the bible pamphlet tip where it looks like a folded up 20 dollar <laughs> bill and you're like oh yeah sweet and you pull it out and then it's like jesus loves you that's great <laughs> yeah yeah were, were we on were we recording when we were talking Talking about going back to a church and doing that yeah, and so leaving leaving fake money and then ooh, it's just an yes. ad it's an ad to your bar. They're like, we're, we're open Wednesday through Sunday and Steve's behind the bar. We're doing specials on tiki drinks, you know? <laughs> that sort of thing. I think that would be funny to put it in the in the church offering plate. But um, no, I mean we've also, honest to God, I'd rather you tip me a Gideon than a fake twenty. You know what I mean? That turns out to be my worst. That is, I mean, just be upfront about it. So, um, all right, Mike, team up for number three. All right, question number three, worst drink orders. So originally when Steve and I came up with this, this was like drinks that when a customer or guest orders it, you maybe kind of roll your eyes a little bit. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a judgment there. But Steve, we've also kind of expanded this category. Uh, to drinks that maybe a bartender made for you where you were like, ooh, I think we missed the mark a bit, brother. Or potentially a drink that you really don't like to make. Ooh, okay, so that, that, that's a lot to choose from. So yeah, it's, it's good, I... I don't want to focus on the bad drinks. It's another thing. I'm like, I just throw it down and let, let's go. Let's go to the next, yep. you know? Um, I'd say, I think one I hate to make is whatever I'm not set up for. Like mm. when it's three deep and you're not set up for that drink. And then it's like insult to injury. If the cocktail snob in you, if it's one of those drinks that you deem a lesser drink. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying just cause I have a, you know, funny beard. I have a long beard. So of course you're going to be like, Oh yeah, that guy's a cocktail snob. 
But <laughs> just for but, and I kind of am. But but I'd say yeah, one drink. I'll tell you one drink I outlawed from Golden Tiki. We, Ooh, got, well, we don't make. Okay. We don't make Long Islands. Oh, explain don't. why. What's so, the what's the reasoning? So it it puts the bartender in the weeds for like a shitty drink. You know, I've drank them before when I was mm-hmm. twenty one. Whatever. My it, that's the only time it's before. okay. We've we've said on the show when you're twenty one, that's the only time it's okay to drink a Long Island. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Literally that year, and then it's over. The moment you turn 22, done. No more. That's a great rule. That's a great rule. And then your last night, you have like pictures of them or something. Yeah, You're just saying. do the garbage cans with the Red Bulls in them. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah so I could, because we're set up for our, our cocktails. We don't have like, we, I mean, we have a vodka and a vodka and whiskey and, you know, like Jameson and, and a few, few different things, but generally we're set up for our cocktails. Gotcha. Yeah. So if the bartender has to make a Long Island, they have to go depending on which well they're at. We have five wells and we have the ingredients for Long Islands are on each corner, but you would have to run all the way there. And then if you have a ticket of like, let's say you have like five tickets and you have like 30 drinks to make, then you have to put all the bottles, vodka, and you have to just stack them all up there. And they're like for this one shitty drink, it's monopolizing all your time mm-hmm. and all your space mm-hmm. and putting you behind and the bartenders are pissed and like everyone for this one guest who doesn't get it, you're in a tiki bar. You're in like a magical place. You should try yes. something that has a lot of other liquors in it. You're really we do, have things that do that. You're really a service. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing them a service by saying no. We don't serve those here. Try something else. You know, expand your horizons. And I, I really uh, with what you're saying about <laughs> the worst drinks to make and the ones you're not prepared for. Because from what you've described and you know how you feel about you know, adding to the guest experience, you still want to do a really good job with that. So you're still going to go hunt down what you have to hunt down and you're going to make it work, but it's just going to, you know, cripple your time and, you know, slow you down while you're trying to get everybody else's drink taken care of. make you a little bit inside. Yeah. I love um, that. Yeah, I, I guarantee there are so many bartenders that are going to listen to this and uh, just be like, just, just the idea of outlawing Long Island's like, no, we don't fucking do that here. Okay. We don't. But I mean, there's hope in humanity every time one is ordered this. Um, you know, I've outlawed Taylor Swift songs at my bar. Um, it's for that. a similar reason. It really ruins the team morale. It distracts from the aesthetic that we're trying to build there. Um, you know, we don't do Taylor Swift well. Um, we have a lot of different speakers around the building that when she comes on, I have to go to each one of the different speakers and turn them off individually. It's a huge pain in the ass. So it's better to just say, no, Taylor Swift. Hit that skip button. Let's keep them going. Don't let her on the playlist. So um, I really I feel like a kindred spirit in, in – uh, the decision to outlaw something uh, for the betterment of the team and the establishment. Yep. You know, we have to come up with the Taylor Swift cocktail. Don't do it. Please so, do, please no, no, do because if they want Taylor Swift, you'd be like, oh, here you go. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and it's yes. like $32. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you bet your sweet ass. You bet your sweet ass it's going to be uh, it's be a lot. But um, uh, they can either pay me in cash or they can take out a hammer and their Taylor Swift CD and break it in front of me and then I'll give them a drink in the ass. Um, all right. Number four, ultimate mistakes and fuck-ups. These can be yours or your coworkers. Or even maybe another, uh, you know, service industry professional. That you've that you've observed. Seen. Yeah. Out in the wild somewhere. Yes. Let me uh, think about the right one. <laughs> the right one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go way, way back to, uh, and it wasn't really that bad, but it was just really funny to me. Um, first time, my son, when I was working at Baskin Robbins, I was yep. the, uh, the manager, assistant, assistant manager, sorry. I don't want to take all that glory. You know? <laughs> but assistant to Baskin <laughs> Robbins himself. But we, 
<laughs> but uh, it was my brother just started working there and he was like 15 or whatever and or 16. And then so we, of course, we get him high for the first time while he's at work. Of course. <laughs> Why As you wouldn't do. you, Mr. Manager? Of course. So we, and it's great in the walk-in. If you get high in the walk-in, it's so cold and it's your, you know, it's every hit is very refreshing. And it's wonderful. Anyway, we hotbox the, the walk-in and we took turns when it was slow. Okay, it's your turn to go to the customer. So customer came in. He went out after his like first or second time smoking, went out there. And then me, oh, also because the fans in the walk-in blow it out into the into the store, we've soon learned. So they can smell <laughs> that. That's the 30-second flavor. Oops, did I, did I mention that? Did I mention ganja is apparently now on the menu tonight? So just watching my brother. What's up, Aaron, by the way? Watching my brother walk out there, and they're like, he just hits that pause. And they're like, yeah, I'd like to have a, you know, a rocky road, please. And he's, the look on his face, it was like one of those moments. And I think he was stood there for like five minutes, just silent, before we came out and, and rescued him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, it's my turn. And then the guest is like, what? <laughs> I'm sure in Aaron's head, it's like that scene from Super Troopers, and the guy goes, uh, can I get a rocky road? And Aaron's just like, rocky road. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, you are freaking out, man. <laughs> One of those. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I got to give credit to these people that can just regularly be stoned at work. I'm not going to sit here on my high horse and uh, act like I have not. Okay, I I want to I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say I have not ever done it because I certainly have. However, I it's a challenge, man. It's an, it's, it is a... It is a effort to continue focusing and um, staying organized and on task. For me, I already have crazy ADHD. And then you add that on top of my squirrel brain, and then it's just there's no hope for me. So, you know, I, I know a guy uh, who sells cars, and, and, you know, he's hitting dabs before he goes to work, and he's just clearing out the lot. I don't know how he does it. It's incredible. It really is incredible. So, I, you know, for these superhumans that can take the green – and keep on uh, making paper, making green. Um, it's quite quite a, a talent. So did you stop smoking in the walk-in after you found out it blew it out into the store? Yeah, I found it could be problematic. You know? <laughs> and then, yeah, and, and now I barely smoke, you know, because, yeah, I, like like you're saying, like I don't want to go to work and have to deal with all those variables high. Like if oh, I'm yeah. going to smoke, I just want to have a guitar in my hand and – yes. Just be able to smile. Yeah. Exactly. I'm good, at, I'm good at smiling, at least. Okay, at guitar. You Plus, know. you're rising up the corporate ranks of the ice cream empire, yeah. and you know, yeah. you're assistant to the regional manager. And, Can't fuck around, man. You know, that kind of stuff is going to be really a, a red mark, red letter on, on your resume as you advance uh, with Baskin. Um, all right, wonderful. Well, th- you kind of teased this last one with that answer. Question number five, health code violations. Okay. And we always say on this one, protect the innocent. And the guilty. Yes, 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 yes. We, we don't want any uh, unwelcome visits exactly. anywhere. Yeah. Um, well, one bar I've worked at, um, I might still work there, I don't know. For a long while, there, there was a, we had a shit plumber, I'll say that. So we had a shit plumber, so all, all the uh, drainage pipes from all the wells, it would just take like one person to bump a well and then the the pipe would be off so and it took us a while to find out but every night you would go in and you're just like it's like the hotel in fear and loathing las vegas 
like you're wading through water. Oh, <laughs> man. Like, and like I've had like nights where I would work, like if it was like a nine or ten hour shift, where your feet are wet the whole time and it's not nice. Oh. When you finally take off those socks, there's like <laughs> things growing on you, and, you know. <laughs> so um, that that was a constant issue for a while. We finally, because it's it's a big investment to to redo the plumbing, you know, mm. and because. Our owner, our, our former owner of the bar's creator, Brandon Powers, who's dope guy, dope imagine For this bar that you might work at. Yeah, I yeah. might work at, yeah. yeah. And, like, he, he brought, like, these robotic parrots, and these parrots do a show with each other. And then we have, like, It's a Small World uh, hula dancers, and then there's, like, uh, Avatar hula dancer, and they all do these shows all the time. But each one of those is, like, 10 Gs. You know, like if you have like animatronic birds that are programmed to talk to each other, like, you know, like the, I guess we don't really think about the price tag. No, of course not. Yeah. So it's hard to get other things fixed because the powers that be have to say no to something. Yeah. And the plumbing (laughs) is down the list. People get the animatronic parrot fixed. Got already. Okay. I've been coming here for a week. All right. I'm one of the regulars. And if that parrot don't sing my songs, all right. If they don't tell me my stories, (laughs) And they're awesome. You got to come see them. They're Alan Bud. They're like, they call them foul mouth fouls. So they, oh, I love it. they have this whole comedy routine where they're talking shit about each other's moms and, and trying to invite uh, hookers into the bathroom for blow. And it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I love the lack of reverence. Yes. I love when bars don't take themselves too seriously. That's, that's yeah. my kind of style. I really dig that. Um, has that been resolved? Or are we still kind of, uh... we had another uh, pipe burst. Couple, a couple weeks ago, but that we're got, getting there. We're making fixed. progress. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now we have. We, I mean, we already bought the bird, so yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to. It's coming soon. I'm about to actually strap dynamites to my triple sink and blow them up because I think that's the only thing that will impress upon the company that we need to fix the plumbing. I, right. you know, so we don't have animatronic birds, but we do have some other tech in our building that. Big, big ticket items. And those are always uh, top priority, but something's got to give here uh, behind the bar as we go to business. I know, you're like, I got to break something really bad. I, I, I'm serious. <laughs> that's where I'm at. You know, it's, uh, it's like the copier in office space. You know, I just want to take this triple sink <laughs> out in the back alley and give it the business, you know? Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess, all, I mean, a lot of bars have that issue. Like, I thought we were just the most, for a long time, I was like, oh, I mean, we have animatronic birds, but everything is... Everything is messed up here, you know? Everything is fucked here, dude. That's what I would always say to everybody. Um, but, like, I, was, I did a, this Marie Bizarre competition thing. I didn't win. But Dale DeGroff, you know, King Cocktail, was, was one of the judges. And I was telling him about some of the little things we had going on. He's like, dude, I worked at a bar in New York where you could... Rainbow was, Room, which we just talked about on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said another one, though. Like, he, he worked, at a, worked there for a little bit. And uh, he said there was a hole by one of the wells where he could see to the floor below. <laughs> and he's like, and it was there for like years where yeah. you could like see down there. So I'm like, didn't make me feel that bad. Yeah. He's like, I oh, yeah. don't worry about it, man. This is the real world. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mike knows one of my favorite dives I've ever worked is a place called Ocean Pride. And uh, to this day on Ocean Pride's kitchen line, there are human sized holes that go through the kitchen line down into the basement storage. And they just have slapped uh, plywood boards over top of it. <laughs> And then we just work around, baby. We work around. But uh, oh, I love um, it. I gotta yeah. go visit that. Uh, you you got to get out to Baltimore sometime. The the cool thing about the town is built on blue collar Bethlehem steel, and so it's all these like mangy old industrial buildings that are like half falling apart, but 
somehow have a life that has resurrected them into like a cocktail or food scene. Um, and so there's a lot of really cool characters within the buildings. I mean, one of my favorites, Waltz Inn. I mean, it's, an, it's a shitty old row home that was turned into a diner in the 50s and now is a seven-day-a-week karaoke restaurant that does jello shots for a dollar every day. <laughs> I mean, it is a trash pit, and I love it. I love it. Um, shout out to you guys at Waltz Inn. Um, uh, Mike Scudder just moved out there. Do you know Mike? No, we gotta we gotta get hooked up with him. Yeah, yeah, Mike. I think I know he's from Baltimore. He bartended in New York for a while, and he was in Vegas for like three or four years. If you can get us in contact, we yeah. we would love to chat with him. Man. Yeah, 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 he's a good dude. He's Hell a good yeah, dude. he'll be good. All right, cool. Well, way to shut down health code violations, and you have been making easy work of this, right? Smooth, simple, which is what we need on our sixth show. I didn't want any worries. I didn't want any bumps. Let's just get through the back half of this gauntlet and sail off into the sunset. What do you think, Mike? It sounds good to me. Are you good to go? I'm so happy right now. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick <laughs> halftime break. Let's get a little more tiki in us. And we'll be right back with the second half of the gauntlet. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC Powerbox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest-working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC Powerbox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com to view our product line. CIC Powerbox. Wherever you go, go with power. All right, welcome back, Barflies. That was a quick halftime. Uh, we got to keep this train rolling because Daddy's got to catch a bird back to Baltimore. That's right, the red eye out of Vegas. I don't know why it's everybody's most hated flight. It is the most entertaining flight in America. Now, does it stink to high heaven with despair? You bet your sweet ass it does. But some good people watching. I usually sleep through the whole fucking thing, so I got no problem yeah, with that. Yeah, you can sleep through anything, though. That's true, um, except for noodles. Yeah. I'll never sleep through news. Okay. Um, but now we're back. Let's get right into uh, our second half here. Before we go back into the gauntlet, I have a very important question for you, Adam. Ranch or blue cheese? Hmm. So, okay, I'll dip ranch on anything. But I love I love real blue cheese. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, love, I love a good... Even like some of the, you know, like Gorgonzola, like a real DOP certified Gorgonzola is more of a green cheese. Yeah. Sort of. But I like real blue cheese, but. Funk, uh, funk, cheese. Funk, funk. But then if I'm just dipping, I just want, if I want something that I can have as a condiment that I'll sip with my uh, fries and chicken <laughs> Is that how you do whatever, it? You don't yeah. dip, you sip? <laughs> <laughs> if you have to. I'm, real gangster sip. Good. I, I'm um, embarrassing myself. P- pinky right. out, right? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> well, look, you're in good company. Michael and I both really enjoy ranch. We love blue cheese. I love any funky cheese I can get. Our friendship was really born over dirty gin martinis. Mm. And so good blue cheese stuffed olive um, is, is something that sets that drink off. Um, the prob- the reason we ask this question, the problem that I have is with the ranch elitists. And I'm never going to let this go. I don't care if we do <laughs> two more episodes or 200 more episodes. I'm going to start every second half halftime by vilifying these people. And here's why. 
they can't just live their life without judgment, okay? They look down upon me like a fucking peasant just because I put old moldy blue cheese in my mouth and I enjoy it, right? <laughs> There's some weird elitism about uh, the ranch onlys. And so, oh, yeah, we don't uh, have ranch and golden tea. Yeah. yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, we don't have it. That's another, no Long Island's yeah. no ranch. No Taylor Swift from now on either. Okay? No Taylor Swift. <laughs> she doesn't Damn. fit this tiki vibe, man. Um, Let me text my owner right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number six, ratchet and crazy customers. Um, obviously, we want to hear about the wild times when somebody is just behaving badly. But this category has also been expanded. Yeah, to memorable customers. So people that, you know, or maybe entities that have left, you know, a, uh, a you know, an impression on you that you're never going to forget about that doesn't have to be a negative experience. Yeah. Let me think. I love how thoughtful he is with I'm each Stroking question. the beard, yeah. Yes, there's, there's a, a, a solemn wisdom about the way that you have approached these questions. Oh, well, um, well, I mean, cause yeah, cause we have like some stories that are like way into the red that are cool for you guys, but baby, you can work cool. blue on here. <laughs> Just keep it anonymous. Protect the innocent and the guilty. Right, right. So, you know, we have a lot of artifacts like we we're saying at the Golden Tiki. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And, um, I don't know if this qualifies cause she, I don't think she wasn't a customer cause she didn't actually buy anything, but we found a, I think she was probably homeless. You could deduct. Um, she was, we have a little fountain in the front. So like, as you walk in, you're in a busy Chinatown, uh, Chinatown strip mall, essentially. And you walk in the front door and there's like a little cave that you walk into and there's a little fountain there and there's some like artifacts and there's some treasure there. So we first found this lady. She was bathing in our fountain and Ooh. the fountain's not, I mean, it's, it's acceptable, but it's not nice, especially after like a Saturday night. Who knows what happened in there? But like, it's she was just bathing. And we're like, yeah, you can't do that. I'm sorry, you gotta go. <laughs> and then she ends up coming back. I think she was mad because we told her she couldn't bathe in our fountain. So she came back and she took. We have it's not the golden tiki, luckily, but we had a golden relic, and we actually have treasure like gold doubloons and things like that. She came and stole our fucking treasure. <laughs> this lady. So, and we're like, what the fuck happened? And Wait, did I, did I hear you right there? <laughs> A homeless woman stole your treasure? <laughs> you know, things happen in Chinatown. The, 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 that whole sentence is ridiculous. A homeless woman stole my treasure, my tiki treasure. Crazy things happen in Chinatown. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to connect these dots. And somehow, and somehow there's like a, a fountain shower mixed in with this story as well. This is, uh, this is, this is quite the tale. And we did, we did find her later. Like she didn't have the actual golden tiki. Of course. Um, but she had like one of our chests that she, I don't know if she was trying to like sell it like to people that were stopped at the stoplight or whatever. But like we found her in our door guy, Ed's like, and he's a, he's a, Big gentleman, so he he demands you know some respect even from a a crazy lady. So she ended up bringing back our chest, and the chest with the gold doubloons with in the it. Doubloons. I yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just I don't mean to stop the story, but I'm just imagining pulling up to a stoplight and then like a homeless lady coming up and opening this chest with the gold doubloons, trying to hawk her wares on me. I mean I've seen water bottles, you know other you know 
roses, fruit, but I've never seen a chest full of uh, golden doubloons. Baltimore's famous <laughs> for the squeegee boys. I mean, I yeah. had one just hit my driver's side window with their squeegee. Because you the didn't day. tip them? I, no, I tried to. I, I always say, hey, keep it moving. Keep moving. I'm good. I'm good. Because I don't want to waste their time. And look, I have no problem with them being industrious. Go make a buck. But um, basically, yeah, it was where's my tip mm-hmm. and smack the side of my window. If right after that, my disheveled state, the lady was like, I have some gold doubloons to shout with you. <laughs> Like, all right, why didn't you say so? Hop on it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the squeegee boys. That's incredible. So he was able to. He got some of our treasure back, but yes. not no, the, but the idol. She probably sold the idol was tiki. worth a thousand treasures. Yeah, so, unfortunately. <laughs> Little did she know that it was cursed, and yes. now whoever bought that. How about it? I think now she drives by in a Bentley, though. Yeah. <laughs> sold her, sold her, sold the tiki. I will look upon your treasures, Gypsy. <laughs> All right, number seven, (laughs) fights, arrests, and fires. Now, this is when shit goes off at the bar, and you find out what people are made of. Look, I'm a pyro. I love a good fire, but give us any of these stories when the cops had to come or brawl broke out or something. You said you do a lot of fires there, so. We do a lot of fires. We're very safe with our fires. Mm -hmm, I imagine. We uh, take every... Every precaution necessary, impossible. Um, no, we've had to tamp back our fires because we, for a while, we had these continuous sprayers, and we would do like shows where we stack, stack like tiki mugs up, and each one has a fire, and you're hitting them with fire, and then you have another bartender with another continuous sprayer, so the flames are going really high, and then if you have another two bartenders, shake cinnamon on top of that, like really high. It'll go to the ceiling. Oh, and, wow. And we have, like, a lot of flammable stuff. Like, a lot of flammable <laughs> stuff in there. So we had to, like, tamp back on that. Um, but, <laughs> the manager walks in. He's like, okay, we need to, yeah, we need to rethink this a little bit. <laughs> we're going to burn up all of our treasure that's left. <laughs> yes, you can't burn up the rest of the treasure. <laughs> and, and luckily, like, people are sort of disarmed. Like, when they come in, like, they're, they're taken out of their normal element. And that's what it's all about. Like, Tiki mm-hmm. is... Whenever you go to a bar, you go for escapism, but like tiki bars in general, like before you even have a drink, you should be transformed. So we're kind of lucky that most people kind of get out of their element enough. So if they're a total douchebag, cockadoodle douchebag, then they're, they, at least they're put down a notch into being like a little bit more passive. So luckily knock on wood, we don't have fights, but one bartender, my buddy, Alex, what up, Alex? He's at Corduroy. He's a, he'd be a good guy. Corduroy's downtown. Shout out Alex. Alex the gauntlet's been thrown. Penelosa. Penelosa. So last name. <laughs> yeah, he uh he quit Tiki. It was before I got there. He quit and he went out in the back and took 151, took off his tiki shirt, his branded tiki shirt, put it in the alley, and just lit it up on fire with that whole <laughs> bottle of oh 151. My yeah, it was a good way to go out. You know? <laughs> I, I, I don't they, they don't make that 151 rum anymore, do they? They make 151. Bacardi doesn't because okay. they didn't want that associated with their brand. Okay. Yeah, you know, probably some potential lawsuits there. <laughs> well, see, there's a the uh, Kansas City strange music uh, tech nineties rapper out of there, and 151 rum, pineapple juice, and Malibu. Malibu. Yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's a it's a trashy. Right. It's called Caribou. It's a trashy drink with a 151. But I didn't think I didn't know if I could even get it anymore. So. Yeah, like yeah. if you get actually because if you get like Hamilton or Lemonheart 151 yep. or even Gosling's 151, it's it's potable. It's 
Yeah. Almost drinkable. Okay. We, we've gone away from the ways of the world where every Chili's in America was serving flaming Dr. Pepper yeah. shots. Those, those days are over, my friends. But you can still go to the Golden Tiki and see a fire show. Uh, so get on in there. And maybe, just maybe if you're lucky, the alarm will go off. And something really interesting will happen. You never know. A little too much cinnamon, John. Damn it. Um, all right. Let's keep this thing rolling. Question number eight. Uh, We used to just talk about sex stories in this category, but we found that it would be nice to expand it to more of like the party scene. I mean, the bar creates a lot of friction, and we know that like, you know, there's attraction to other bartenders and customers and, you know, uh, but there's also a lot of partying and rock and roll. So now we call this category. Yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't know how we missed it. I mean, it's just all encompassing. It was was sitting there the entire time, right in front of our faces. Like the pretty girl that was wearing the glasses. Didn't even notice. (laughs) Didn't she? Whoa. Did you go to prom with me? Um, So, yeah, tell us sex, drugs, and rock and roll and how that uh, this business really breeds it. It absolutely does. So I'll, I'll leave my coworkers out of it. Um, cause there's a lot of, a lot of great stories and I'll have a list of people like, you're going to have to talk to my buddy, Jason Reyes, ask him about his hooker with the dog bite oh. story. We're going to get to a section ones. where I want you to put every person's name on blast so that you don't have to tell their stories, but they know the challenge <laughs> is laid down to come mm, on and maneuver the gauntlet. Absolutely. Yes. But, um, I'll just say this one, this one's tame and no one's going to get hurt with this one. But my, my other friend, Jason, Jason Hughes, um, he was working the day shift at Tiki and a uh, gentleman came in. He was a bigger gentleman um, who said he owned the smoke shop next door who coincidentally was just in the day before that. And our, our bar's creator, Brandon was like, Oh, he's okay. He owns the bar next door. He's just on shrooms. He's a little bit weird. You guys got to take care of him. Cause we've all been there. And this is the middle of the day. It's in the middle of the day. Yeah. 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 It was like <laughs> ha- happy hour or something. And then, so yeah, he hung out and we, we fed him. We took care of him. He came back the next morning, ate more or still doing whatever. He came in a little odd, but you're like, oh, we take care of people. He's like, I want to go in the back room. We have a back pirate room. Pirate, we call it the pirate room. That's kind of private. Um, I want to go back there and have, you know, can I have a mimosa and can I have some uh, uh, chicken tenders, please? So we're like, okay, cool. We'll make, uh, you know, passion fruit mimosa, whatever. And um, Jason goes back there and... The, he walks back there with the chicken fingers and a mimosa and he sees this guy spread out, spread Eagle naked <laughs> legs, akimbo, like kind of like a George Costanza, like, <laughs> like stance. Yes. And his, his shoes were in a different booth. He was in one booth. Shoes were neat in a different booth with like the socks, like perfectly right set up oh, there. God. And he's like, just his arm his arm behind his head. And just like, thank you feast upon (laughs) feast upon my body and he he wasn't a small guy in like a lot of ways he was like you know 250 pounds you know hairy and you know all you know he was in like bears illustrated or something (laughs) and then uh so jason's like you know bro you gotta put on your clothes please um and it took a little, you know, we had to crowl him a little bit and we kind of... He was getting ready to go and take a shower in the fountain. He was <laughs> <Yeah>. just... <laughs> right, right. He wasn't going to steal no treasure. <laughs> yeah, come on. This is our neighbor. At least he had the decency to ask for the private room. Now, this was this was before he even got the mimosa and the chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was just waiting. He was just ready, waiting. It was like the best room service ever. 
And you know, this is WWPD. What would a pirate do? You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and the answer is whatever the fuck they want, dude. They're in a swashbuckler. You know? <laughs> if I want to take my shoes off in one booth and lay naked in another, <laughs> God damn it, I'll do it. Oh, and it turns out he was never—he was never even the owner of the smoke shop next door. Oh no way! Yeah, he was, his like cousin worked there. So. He was just a guy, a guy <laughs> on a mushrooms. Guy. Going from the owner to his cousin works there is a big <laughs> leap. <laughs> you know, if we—if you really think about it, we're all just a guy on mushrooms. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> I was last night. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! I that would have been better than getting absolutely belligerently hungover. We should have done that and gone to Freeman Street, Mother Bleeper. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, Mike, team up for number nine because this is Mike and I's you know favorite category on the show. Something that we are very passionate about. Yeah, question number nine, hazing pranks and games. So this is sometimes initiating a new bartender. And it was kind of funny talking with Alex uh, the last episode. He kind of brought a new perspective to this when it's when it's not fun, when the hazing and the pranks are not done in a fun way, but they're actually mean-spirited. And, or well, you just feel disenfranchised. Exactly. You're never, you're never brought into the club, bef- you know, uh, or even been given any recognition before the hazing and the pranks yeah. start. But. We, we usually look at this as more as really, really team building or, you know, you like somebody, so you're going to give them some shit. Friends, you know what I mean? Friends messing with friends to pass the yeah. time or playing games, just something. Yeah. Mike and I, a time-honored one, I always like to give this as an example on the show. When we used to work at the diner, we would have a rule that every 10 minutes, if we were working in a graveyard overnight shift because it's a 24-hour diner, uh, every 10 minutes I didn't get a table, I would draw a penis. On my server pad, I would rip that ticket off and I would hide it somewhere in the restaurant. Yes. And I would always hide it somewhere where it would uh, <laughs> magically appear, like, um, I don't know, in the 15th placemat down in somebody else's section. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, oops, maybe I rolled it into a thing of silverware. <laughs> How did that happen? That's crazy. <laughs> so um, just stuff like that that makes you giggle, makes you get through the night. No, that's great. Yeah, so, someone did that to me. I was I was on one of our local news channels, like for uh, for the, actually for the charity drink, and one of my coworkers did that to me. It was great. They drew a dick, and they because they helped me pack my stuff because uh-huh. like, I was running behind, of course. But uh, and then I pull up my tins, and below my tins was like a nice hairy dick, and <laughs> and uh, it was Dree. Hey, what up, Dree? Um, she. She's lesbian too, but she nailed it on that. Just really, you know? just a really, just anatomically beautiful penis. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. great. It was great. Yeah. And you're, but you're on camera for the yeah. news station. So it's just, you've got was, a fame, you know, like you're not surprised. Now I hope, I hope that you can, uh, you know, because I'm sure you played it off super cool, and it's not like you pulled the dick out. Look what Dree did, guys. You know, but I, I have to imagine that in that moment, while you're on camera, there's like a little facial expression where. If you watch it back, you might be able to pick it off. Oh, that's where I saw. <laughs> that's the, where I saw that where big I discovered <laughs> the treasure. <laughs> the treasure that was in my. I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta let that one to bed. Um, but no. Uh, did Did you have a reaction when you saw it, or no. was it just a? Oh, you got. It. I was just like, ah, oh. it felt good because one you thing. You know, someone out there loves you. I, I know exactly. <laughs> a little touch of home too, because like that's one other thing about the Golden Tiki. There's. A lot of hidden dicks. Like you said, there are, you know, Walt Disney did a lot of hidden mm-hmm. things in his animation. We lean on Disney, of course. And then also Polynesian culture, which Tiki leans on as well, is is big in a fertility guy. Yeah, of course. We can't just have, you know, boobs up there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dicks, so there's a lot more dicks than boobs. <laughs> so there's, in the bathroom, there's like cock handles, 
to like to open up the stalls and there's like okay. a whole like mu- in the ladies room there's a whole museum of dicks like <laughs> dick artifacts throughout the years see now I, you should allow a certain time when uh, the guys are allowed to go into the ladies bathroom just to see that you know i know I know. You know, just yep. a, like an adult swim kind of time where the next 10 minutes, it's the guys get to go and look at the dicks in the women's bathroom. Right? I'm thinking more like one day a year where we shut down our regular service. And what we do is a museum style tour where we hand everybody those like really wonky headphones and like a tape recorder. <laughs> and as you walk through the different parts of the museum, you click the, the button adjacent to that artifact. And this like, dick was brought back to the States <laughs> in 1973. In the 1780s, Napoleon's penis was chopped off and preserved. In Downton Abbey, you know that sort of thing. It is now lives in the Golden Tiki ba- ladies' bathroom in Las Vegas. You guys, I swear, you guys have been there because <laughs> our the bar's creator had a whole narration. He's like, "Welcome to Brandon Powers' wonderful world of dicks." <laughs> this this phallus statue is, dates from the Bayak tribe. I love this guy. Papua right. New Guinea, blah blah blah. Like so, oh, you guys. Dude, well, I, I've never been there. Like, you know? I, I just love, I, I love irreverence. Like in every part of my life, in business, in my social interactions, in my relationships, I just, people taking themselves too seriously is a huge pet peeve of mine. Um, but anytime you're going to buck against what you're supposed to be doing or how it's supposed to go or what's uh, appropriate is always like so much fun. And I, I we have a twist, we have twisted senses of humor, you know? And so I love, uh, um, not just having the occult on the walls, but making light of it. Like, let's be fun about it, man. We got a bunch of dicks on the walls, you know? Why not? And I know, I know, we got to go soon. But I'll tell you about like we have like a kind of a reverse hazing. So when when a bartender leaves under, it's like it's like an honorable thing when they leave. Um, we line up. We, they have to go in the alley. And they line up. We have all the bind up. Uh, all the other bartenders line up, and we have coconut cream and squeeze bottles so we make him walk since he walked the plank and get doused in coconut cream at the end is a shot of usually appleton 12 or, Ooh, or whatever they yeah, have like, nice they're into. and then um and then that's the honorable discharge Wait, so like that. <laughs> literally discharge yeah i like that um that's see and this is what i'm talking about like you know that if you get to do that walk, there's a lot of love. Absolutely, yeah. Like you don't, you probably don't wear your best outfit in that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I think that's really cool, and it actually harkens back to a story. And I'll just quickly tell um, you know, there's a place in Morgantown, West Virginia, where I went to college called Mario's Fish Bowl. And the famous thing about Mario's is when you walk in the door, every single person, man, woman, or child, whether they're a patron or an employee, stand up and cheer because you are now in Mario's fishbowl. They clap and they scream and they yell and they're happy for you to be here. But when you leave, they boo your ass out the door <laughs> every time. And it's, it becomes a community thing that if you're there sitting at a table, you don't get it when you walk in mm-hmm. and you don't get it the first time somebody leaves. But the second time you're like, oh, I'm going to boo this motherfucker. Look, he's just paying, paying his check over there. Let's get him. Let's get him. You're that's like, incredible. You're I like love bumping that. people at other tables. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's, I, I love, I love that camaraderie. It's fun. But, um, Okay unbelievable work my friend we are now in question 10 it's a blur maybe just this whole last 48 hours was a blur but uh we are we are bringing it to the end of the gauntlet and you've done such a great job some really cool stories on here these tiki drinks my god pal unbelievable it was a great way a nice refreshing way to to yeah. end this run i needed yeah. something light yes. refreshing happy uh before i get on this bird and go home and and end this glorious trip so tiki was i think the most appropriate most fitting um uh, cocktail to make so 
Number 10, firing and quitting stories. Obviously, you just talked about the, the discharge. Yeah, and the burning of the shirt. Yeah. But what we call this category affectionately... Is getting 86 Tell us about times that you have seen somebody be promoted to customer. <laughs> Ooh, all right. We're going to protect the innocent. And the guilty. Yes, and the guilty. <laughs> um, let's think. We've had some pretty epic ones on the show too, with people getting fired, like you know, in front of the uh, in front of the whole you know restaurant, the, yeah. you know, the, the patrons and everything else. We heard so. about somebody who got taken into a back back alley because he got caught stealing and beat, beat. Sen- senseless, and then Whoa. they took to all, they took all the camera footage of him stealing and blasted it on every platform so that the person could not work in that town anymore. Wow, it yeah. was it's a way to go out. Wow. Now I also got to say your pauses before you answer. It's got me on edge. Like it's got, it's giving me a lot of anticipation. I dig it. I dig it. But I just, uh, each one, I'm like, oh my god, what, what's about to come out of his mouth right now? We can. Uh, you've already, you've already given us a couple already. Too. Yeah, we can steal. You uh, want to, you want to tell us a little bit more about the burning of the shirt? Yeah. Um, well, so because yeah, he didn't, was, he didn't get the cream in the he shot. Dishonorably discharged. You got to get yeah. the honorable discharge. Yeah. Um, no, that, that was before I was there. I, I don't know why. I, I think he just walked out. Um, so my buddy, uh, Jason. Okay. Another, another friend of mine at a restaurant that I worked at that I bartended at. Um, it was a celebrity chef restaurant. Um, he, uh, so, okay. So it was, um, in this restaurant, it wasn't uncommon for the chefs to come down and drink during service. That was kind of that was kind of a thing. Like they would come down and they would ask for a brownie. Now, a brownie is like a shot of a verna, you know, a marl. Um, and after work, they'd have greenies. So it was kind of like it was more of a loose restaurant. It was very serious about their food. But uh, was the idea that the chef would mingle and promote and talk to guests and kind of pal around as people were eating that kind of sort of thing? No, the chef was fully antisocial. Mainly the sous chefs came down. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but no, but he was like an engineer, like, and he worked at, I mean, it was it was at B and B restaurant, Ristorante. So he worked at Del Posto. He worked at like some of the best like Italian restaurants in in New York, and then came out and opened up B and B. And yeah, he was a badass. But it was just kind of thing. It was for Mario Batali. So I'm just saying it out there. So Mario was freewheeling like. Chefs would drink during shifts, like not belligerent. You have to still, if you can handle your shit and do your shit, fucking bombs away. Yeah. So anyway, it was kind of that vibe. But uh, a, a friend of mine that worked there, just uh, blatantly, he was flirting with a hostess that worked with us, and it was kind of like a Sam and Diane thing. While the hostess was dating one of the servers. Um, my bartender friend went and took her in the bathroom and, uh, they had a little amorous interaction and, uh, sweet, passionate whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> and that was right when the GM needed to go use oh, the restroom bad timing. and heard things and was waiting like a long time. And it was like the kind of restaurant where there's only one or no, there was two bathrooms, but like right. for the whole restaurant. But so anyway, he went out with a. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Can I? Yes. <laughs> Only on this episode, Steve's face. I just had to do it. I'm sorry. This is not a fucking piano bar. <laughs> okay. I almost brought this up last night when we were talking with Kat. Um, 
<laughs> you know, uh, we all love the song Piano Man, but Billy Joel's kind of an asshole. Quick with the joke and to light up a smoke, but man, what are you doing here? I'm making right. 90 grand a year serving you decent cocktails, you fucking twat. Go back and play the goddamn piano. You know, come on. Like, where's the respect? Yeah, but I had to ask. Uh, was okay. That's that is that's really it. I hate your guts. I love you, Steve. Where are the lasers? You're Can so I, smart and which handsome. Which the lasers? Uh, the the other server wasn't working there at the time when that happened, was he? I mean, like, no, not, not that at, night. on shift. Yeah, not okay. on shift. Did it come yeah. out though? Yeah. yeah. Did oh it? yeah, it came out for sure. For sure. This gentleman, um, we should get him on the show because he has... Uh, uh, clearly a smooth uh, talker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smooth talker. And he has... So he's from he's from Queens. And fully from Queens. Like, okay. like full everything you would think about. Every stereotype you would say about like someone from Queens, New York. Like, that's him. And he's fucking awesome. I love him. And I'm, I'm a West Coast kid. So, like, I naturally wouldn't like someone like that but yeah. he's an amazing guy uh but not to everyone he has oh, interactions that aren't no because he's rough around the edges man yeah. i mean look <laughs> we've talked a lot about my boys from delco all right they're not everybody's flavor okay uh pick a different one of the 31 but uh i'll tell you what i love them they are just a rare rare breed um they they'll give you the biggest hug and the biggest smile and the biggest laugh and uh they have to fight you they're gonna fight you, you know? <laughs> they have to fight. that's your choice <laughs> But um, that's amazing, man. I, I appreciate you shedding yep. that. Down. I got to ask, though, um, when the server found out that his girlfriend, um, you know, went out on him with the, one of the bartenders in the restaurant, blah, 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 who stayed? Did, they, did the server or the hostess go? Did they both stay working there? Like, everybody stayed. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yikes. That, was, that had to be pretty tense after yeah, that. Yeah, awkward. A yeah, little yeah. bit awkward on that. <laughs> My God. Yeah, we, nah. we, we'll we get some of his other stories. There's a lot more where that came from. With well, that guy. well and, and in general. So when you guys come back to Vegas, we'll get a whole, we'll even get more depraved. Yeah. Mm, and, and this couldn't be more fitting uh, for a segue to the final part of our show. We call it our cleanup, a.k.a. Hauser Driving. Great job moving through the gauntlet. But this is now your time to shine. We want recommendations on food, drink, and restaurants here in Vegas that you think people have to go to or just maybe hidden gems that you love. But this category should really be about you putting on blast some of the other people we need to talk to. Absolutely. So I'd say so. food, I already mentioned EDO. I love what they're doing. Um, in Chinatown, yeah. In it's Chinatown, cool. in in uh, the uh, Arts District, Esther's Kitchen, like Chef James Trees, like rocks it. And they have like a, they have a really good bar and they take it really seriously. Good good service, good ingredients, and uh, they make some good stuff. Um, Velvet, um, Velveteen Rabbit also, they make some fun, interesting cocktails there as well and it's sort of like DIY punk rock meets like a tea party in Alice in Wonderland type of thing yeah, that. Um, that of course I'm sure everyone's uh, has uh, recommended herbs and rye but they still rock it like yeah, especially no if you go there at like midnight like you can get half off steaks oh, wow. and like dope cocktails and like and then it's still a good it's a good vibe and they they execute on a lot, lot of levels. They, they, they rock. We are pulling. We are dragging people off the strip, and I love this. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're listening to the show and you're thinking about going to Vegas in the near future, carve out a day for yourself to get over to the Arts District in Chinatown. I mean, there is yeah. some some really cool things happening there. Mm -hmm. You can tell that there's a, there's a pulse. 
going on with, with these chefs that maybe, I don't want to say burnt out, I don't think that's the right term, but uh, wanted to maybe uh, leave the constraints of the strip behind and some of the politics of that behind and take their talents um, to a part of town where they can have a little bit wider berth. Exactly. And so I, I love what's happening just from the description of all of our guests in Chinatown, in the Arts yeah. District, even in these little, last little remnants off the corners of Fremont. So yeah. well, um, Even though you said like uh, some of them have already been recommended, I think that's even more telling, though, when multiple bartenders from Vegas have all come on and said, you have to go here. Yeah. So, I mean, we're taking those recommendations to heart. So For sure. So tell us about the bartenders we got to have on, because that's what I need to know. So you're going to have to have on... Uh, you're gonna have to have on Jay, Jason Reyes. Okay, he has some amazing stories. Um, worked with him in a few different places. My buddy Eric Hobby. He's uh, semi-retired from behind the stick right now, but I think he's like he's one of the guys that I've worked next to and have learned the most from just by working next to him. You know, and having that like symbiotic relationship mm -hmm. um, with him. Um, David synthesis bartending, yeah. as I like to call it, from a, from a legend. Yeah, right, right. David and uh, David Cooper as well. Um, I don't know if anyone said his name before. He's been a bartender for thirty plus years, maybe more. Um, and he's still—he's like the epitome of hospitality. Like he still knows the craft and he loves the craft. But he comes from, like he—he he used to serve Evil Knievel at Caesar's Palace in the eighties. Jesus like, Christ! He came from that, and then he's—but he's still has all the hospitality and he has the chops and now he has a restaurant called spaghetti western up in uh, oh cool name too yeah yeah he he's amazing he's a wonderful guy everyone in town knows him um i'd say those are a good three to start with for sure awesome love the recommendations yeah and and i'm sure evil knievel would love, love tiki because he's probably and after a few of the, the fire well i was thinking more about the drinking out of the straw just because all of his bones are broken. Oh, come on, Steve. <laughs> Not He's a Brazilian guy. I mean, he likes to, you know. You know, and our sister uh, restaurant is is called Evil Pie. Oh, so that's it's cool. like It's our same owner. So it's like an evil Knievel-themed pizza restaurant. Oh, really? With okay. punk rock that's and rock killer. and roll. Oh, yeah. That's a killer. And, killer then, and I know we've got a couple more cleanup questions, too. But is there anything else that uh, through the gauntlet that maybe we didn't get to touch on? You know, just some final thoughts about the industry or anything else that you want to share with the people that maybe Steve and I didn't didn't touch on? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say, I mean, we all, I think we all do it for the passion. So never forget that passion, you know, like, and if you lost it, look somewhere to find it, listen to a podcast like this or, <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, or, or <laughs> find something to read. There's a million resources. Like when I first started, like I said, I'm old AF. So when I first started, there wasn't like all fucking you could watch everything on youtube you yeah. can like look everything up like so there's so many things um and you can find it from a variety of sources learn from everyone around you either what to do or what not to do um and uh like don't don't get discouraged like when i moved to vegas i could not get a bartending job like that was I could not. Yeah, like that's I said. you. You said you were you had a story about the bathroom in the strip club, oh. and we forgot about that until right now. Yes. So yeah, like I uh, I was trying really hard to get a job anywhere I could, like to make good money and make that Vegas money, that Vegas dream that everyone mm -hmm. always moves here for. So on part of the journey, I worked at uh, the Spearmint Rhino. Okay. Is, oh uh, my! I've been many a time. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I got in, but you can't get in as a bar back, even though I was a bartender. You can't get in as a bartender, for sure. Mm. can't get in as a bar back, because they make fucking loads. 
you can't even get it as a bar porter most of the time. And Washing those, dishes and glasses. And yeah, and picking fruit. stuff up. For those like, people that don't know what a porter is, you're basically a janitor on steroids. Yeah, exactly. And then so there was an opening for the guy in the bathroom. So I'm like, <laughs> I can do this. I'm, I'm motivated. I want to bartend in Vegas. This is like the thing I want to do. So I was there and it, it was good, except my shift started at like five in the morning. So I had the five in the morning to noon shift. You can imagine oh, it's so sad. what you walk into. It's so sad when the sun comes up. <laughs> yes. And just the zombies that like you have to, you, people aren't human at that time. If they've been <laughs> drinking for that many hours. Um, and, but, and it still wasn't that bad. I made a couple hundred bucks a shift and it was, it was okay. And like the swing guys made like the swing guys made like a thousand bucks a night. The, the graveyard guys made more maybe. Um, but one thing that happened there that was kind of my bucket list. and I didn't know it was, I got to see Mike Tyson smoke crack in the bathroom. No. So like you, that doesn't always happen everywhere, you know? <laughs> And I didn't You're even know. This no, no, so nonchalantly, but this was like you got out your paper, you checked it on the list, and you're like, closer to being ready to die. So, I mean, how does he just smoke it right in front of the sink, or is it? Does he at least go in a stall, a stall like a classy? So yeah, Mike would come in all the time, and that was when he obviously was partying back then. So he would come in like, and he's probably reading some kind of philosophy of whatever. He kind of couldn't really understand what he's saying because he was just so into it and just spouting philosophy. Um, he would come in with this guy named Champ, who was like in the boxing circles. So obviously Champ. So they uh, went in together. They went in the stall together. And as a bathroom attendant, no matter what, one of your main job is not to have two dudes go in the stall. Like, together. Good yeah. things are not going to happen no matter <laughs> what what they're doing in there. So, But I'm like, it's fucking Mike Tyson. Yeah, you're going to get your head. You're going to get your block. Knock the fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. So they go in there and then I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just like pretending I'm not seeing. And then, but I did see like, you see smoke come up and then this like weird metallic smell. I've never smoked cracks. I don't know, but I assume it was that it was something not good. It also makes sense. I mean, Mike Tyson was smoking a lot of crack. It's pretty well documented. (laughs) Oh, but the security guard came in right after that too. And he saw that all that too. He saw the smoke and he, he went over the, the stall and he's like, Oh, Mike, I love you. And he just fucking walked right out. He didn't want to look at that either. The rules changed. Yeah. The rules changed in that second. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. My Christ. I'm glad we I'm glad we brought that one back around. Me too. That's great. Me too. All right, well, let's bring it home, Michael. Uh, we always ask two questions before we get you out of here. Mike, ask him the first one, and then I'll follow up. Yeah, so uh, this is a little tongue-in-cheek, but uh, why do you still do this? A.K.A., why do you fucking hate yourself? <laughs> I do it. I mean, like, I think the ones that are, are good at it are all like, I think we're all addicted to making people happy. Like mm. yes. in some way, like I know, uh, I can't give it up. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that weird thing. I think it was that first time when I got my dad a beer and then he smiled and I'm like, Whoa, there's something to this. <laughs> I love like it. this, this liquid, like this service, like giving them booze is a great thing. Um, so, I mean, f- from that, it's kind of, it's kind of morphed cause it's, it's something like we can be creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on what bar you're at, you can, you know, you can craft like whole experiences for people or you can just hang out with them. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's cool. You know, like, like I said, I think I said earlier, like we're, 
we're part of people's lives. Like we're special in people's lives and we almost like take it for granted. We, we talk and I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we talk about the third space on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's three spaces in everybody's life. There's work and there's responsibility there. There's home and there's responsibility there. And then there's community. And this is something that we make a deliberate choice to be or not to be a part of. And we make a choice of how much we're going to invest in that. But it's something that we seek out as an individual where we can shed off all of this stress and responsibility and be just a person who we maybe really are or just want to be for a little bit. And um, that third space is harder. It feels like harder and harder to find by the day. And so a lot of times these hospitality um, places in our local communities that we're talking about, bar, restaurant, um, nightclub, you know, it can be somewhere where everybody can check out and have a relationship, have an experience. And mm. so the third space is hugely important to, important to the fabric of those communities. Yep. Absolutely. Every community. Yep. But um, I, I love that and I think we share the same passion and it's why we're so happy to have like-minded people on the show as we continue to try to grow our community on the Bartender Ramp podcast and keep these stories coming mm-hmm. all over the country. So this has been an unbelievable uh, conclusion to our Vegas bar crawl. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, it's um, been a lot of fun. You've been so generous Thank with you your guys. time, and it's been um, and to give us a gift on our way yes. Out Thank door. you very much for the gifts. Um, we appreciate it. I, I can't wait to put this tiki goblet to good use, my friend. <laughs> um, we always do like to end with a you know, if you opened a bar, what would you call it, or what would the theme be? I know you're very passionate about tiki, but do you have any other concepts that really intrigue you? Um. And if not, we have a funny little follow-up question for you. Okay, um, this might be going off uh, off a little bit. It's it's a niche thing, but uh, it's it's just all inviting like big hairy dudes with uh, micro penises. It's called bare minimum. Oh Don't. my god! <laughs> <laughs> so like so the no, bars scratch. for thirty and ups, right? But it's only for big hairy dudes with micro micro wins. <laughs> I dig like- it. I think let's do it. No, no, scratch that. I'm, You're going to need a very large parking lot. There's going to be some big pickup trucks in that parking lot. Let me tell you, taking up multiple spaces. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, scratch that. All right. All right. Well, let's ask the, the cheekier one. We always say, um, you know, when we, when we don't have an answer on the theme question is, uh, what do you like to shut down your bar with? What song tells the people it's time to go the fuck home? So that's a tough one because we're, Twenty four hours. Yeah. Sure. So let me uh, let me imagine. I'll go back to the first one. So one theme of a bar that I would love to do is a, a like a Sasquatch bar, a Sasquatch themed bar with um, little penises. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, it's gotta have dicks in some way. Yeah, but no, a Bigfoot bar. <laughs> Bigfoot bar, man. I dig this. Called like Big Bigfoot Cafe. I um, I was uh and air quotes expert on uh john taffer's show oh, really? on one time yeah so cool. and i pitched it to him he wasn't really <laughs> no john don't, you don't understand <laughs> big feet little dicks yeah. okay come to- <laughs> I'm it's a juxtaposition <laughs> no but this has been amazing yeah, adam would you Sorry. would you have a like a like sasquatch themed cocktails and food or? yeah i was thinking well i mean because where we were at it was in uh, Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. Mm. So, and that it would it would Wilderness have been perfect country, for sure. that. Like, because if you, I would go to a bar that has 
Yetis all over mm-hmm. and you have like Sasquatch all over and Sasquatch stuff. Um, and there really is a Bigfoot culture. And I'm not even talking about like the people chasing Bigfoot and, and, and doing conspiracy theories about it. Like I love the branding. Like I had some friends live in Bend, Oregon, you know, uh, two of our great friends, Carrie and Haley. Um, and that town is Bigfooted the fuck out. They used to send me these Bigfoot care packages with stickers and keychains and beers that were Bigfoot themed. And I always loved it. I, to this day, the key ring I use for my keys is a bottle opener with a little Bigfoot walking logo on it. And I love it, man. Have it's you seen, have you seen, so eclectic. you've seen the, uh, the cutouts, obviously like the silhouette mm-hmm. cutouts. Have you seen the ones where it's actually a three dimensional thing that you put around a tree? It's, no. it's, 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 it's Bigfoot peeking around a tree, but it's like actually three dimensional. It's not a silhouette. It's, it's scary as shit. I mean, if you were walking through the woods and you just turned and saw it, you'd shit your, sand- you'd shit your pants. Absolutely. Did you want to just say you'd shit your you're sandwich? You'd shit your sandwich. You'd shit your sandwich. I've never shit my sandwich it's, before. Dude, it has been I'm a not, long, it's been a long. It has. Uh, That's well, a new sorry. expression right there. I'm going to remember sandwich. that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hashtag shit my sandwich. <laughs> let's bring it on home. Adam, my God, man, what a pleasure. Uh, what an amazing cocktail. Guys, the Count Pattaya, if you want to check it out, please get your asses to the Golden Tiki. Mm. Don't take a shower there, okay? Shower beforehand. Yeah, shower before. Um, please, you know. But uh, let's have a good time and support Adam and support this amazing bar. Um, thank you for uh, closing down this wonderful yes, trip for us. thank you. All right, man. Well, we will see you guys later on the next episode. Thank you, Barflies. See you, Vegas. You've been a hell of a time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We really hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, we release new episodes whenever we fucking can. Big shout out to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. Please go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show them some love. Damn straight. And I'm going to apologize on the front end because my voice is shot. Vegas took it the fuck out of me. Uh, If you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along on Google Pod, Apple Pod, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. This is the best way that you can help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. Plus, you really need the personal validation. Yeah, personal validation or $5, right, Steve? I would prefer $5. <laughs> I'm a hooker. <laughs> a cheap one at that. And don't forget, if you're a Spotify user, please be sure to check out the BRP playlist on Spotify. Uh, we've got some cool playlists on there for you, including the BRP Industry Night playlist, which is composed of only songs chosen by all of our incredible guests. Our wonderful, wonderful guests. Do you want some kick-ass show merch? Of yeah, course you of do. Cor- of course uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, I know Michael does. I know you people do as well. Check out all of our amazing swag, courtesy of Campo Design Co., at prodigydtg.com backslash bartender rant. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us on the first Monday of every month for a virtual industry night happy hour. Have some drinks, meet some fellow barflies, listen to our guest bartender playlist that we just told you about. And you can even tell Mike and I to our faces how much we suck at podcasting. Make sure to follow on social uh, for all the links to the BRP industry night happy hour. That's right, Steve. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Ramp podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at the bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content, like the Vegas Bar Crawl episodes. Also, the Boilermaker tapes, Ranch vs. Blue Cheese, 
uh, crank calls, special releases, and so much more. Yeah, like that really bad teaser uh, that Mike and I. Yeah. Please, if you're a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> don't listen to. It. If you actually uh, don't listen to it, forgive please. us. Forgive us for if, the teaser. I'll, I'll, I will say, if Chris's, if either of the Chris's are listening right now, I get it. I understand why you hate me so much. I'll give but you just... five dollars back. Just not to <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a big tipper. A.K.A. one of our Bozells. Feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the bartenderrantpodcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our wonderful executive producers and shout out your name and drink of choice or something you want us to shout right here. Yeah, and uh, for these Vegas episodes, uh, our special Bozells, our special sponsors are, of course, Herd Card Game, Chandler from Herd Card Game. Uh, she got us hooked up with Wendy at Chilled Magazine and got us in touch with all the incredible bartenders that you're going to get to listen to. Please check her out. She's on Instagram, Herd Card Game. She's also in our link tree in our bio. So if you go to our Instagram, you can check out our link tree and you can see the Herd Card Game and where to purchase it. It's incredible. It is uh, Cards Against Humanity, but for the service industry. Get a few of your bartender server friends together. Throw five or ten bucks a piece in. Get this. It is so much fun to play. And, Let it uh, live behind your bar. Yeah, just keep it behind the bar. I, I completely agree with that. But then also a gigantic shout-out to Wendy from Chilled 100 or Chilled Magazine. Uh, Wendy is the national director of Chilled 100. Uh, and if you would like more information about a free membership to their magazine, uh, or excuse me, a free membership or a free subscription to their magazine, uh, you can check out www.chilledmagazine.com. Or you can email wendy at chilledmagazine.com. And uh, if you are someone who truly is passionate... Oh, there's the train, too, so drink along. There you go. All drink. Finally got it in on the Vegas episodes. If you are someone (laughs) who... (laughs) We can't escape the train. If you are someone who truly loves uh, the bar bar industry, the service industry, or if you're somebody who's just starting out and you want more... uh, You know, you want uh, a resource to help you build and grow your skills and learn more about the industry... Please check out Chilled. Wendy was incredible. She was so easy to work with. We didn't get a chance to meet her, but she got us in touch with every single bartender you heard from Vegas. So thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you, Chandler. Incredible. We love you you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we want to bring you great content. But keep in mind, this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always... Don't just listen along. Drink along. Yeah, yeah. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast and we want you to stick around and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you and we'll see you on the next episode. Oh yeah. Great. So far. It's good. I, so I far? Love, oh yeah. Yeah. I awesome. love the ghost story. <laughs> I really do. I, I like that. I'm, I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. You know, I don't. I don't know anything. Basically, is my view of the universe. You know, what right, I mean? right. I have no idea what's going on. So, but I love that. 
Yeah, like when we were shut down, like we used to close. Now we're 24 or whatever. But mm-hmm. like during the pandemic, we shut down. So going in there like at by yourself is fucking freaky. Like I would always just talk to him. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm here. Let's have a good day. I'm just acknowledge them. Yeah. Uh, but there's a girl, the girl voice, like she, like I'd never heard her. She'll just fuck with people. She'll be like, say your name. Like you'll be by well one and she'll be like, Jason. Like, and everyone's like, what? Oh, you got me again. And like, I was kind of mad. She never talked to me. Oh yeah. He felt but left out. I was getting ready for an event like six months ago. And she was like in the walk-in, you know, by myself. And she's like, hello. I was like, Maybe what? she had been saying your name. You just hadn't heard her. I am a it's like Steve oblivious. said, you gotta you gotta allow yourself to be surprised, you know. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just love the tiki bar. <laughs> right, That's right. Incredible. Well, and then there are like some human remains in there too, like oh, really? supposedly. Oh, you just yeah, mean like yeah. something? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Some of the stuff that you have decorating might have like other significance. Supposedly, yeah. I don't know, like because the bar creator Brandon. Oh, sorry, right. sorry, go on. What were you saying? Oh, no, no worries. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's like a machete that supposedly was a headhunter's. Oh, yeah. There's like Alistair Crowley. Supposedly, we have a portion of the ashes that are like. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Crowley. And that so, that really lends the Golden, golden Tiki brought it. Golden Tiki right. brought it on themselves, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, but then also people, because there's it's been a bar for like 40 years, which is old for Vegas, like super old for Vegas. Uh, then we already what are I didn't mean to cut you suggest. off. I was just calling them yeah. about oh, some uh, of the artifacts and stuff. Crowley's ashes, dude. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, yeah. We have some Crowley's ashes. Yeah, it's there's a, there's a we were on Ghost Adventures. Oh really? If you yeah. were, there's some. I can I, I would. There's but I, a lot of shit I forget. But people see like orbs and pictures, and there's like mm-hmm. outline of an old guy like that they've seen. Can you pass that to me? Yeah, if you're making more, I'll have more. 